in Louisville, Kentucky, a group of a, a group of Black Lives Matter. I'll just I'll just say that because I'm going to try to avoid the politicizing of what the group could be called at this point. All right, I'll just call it mob mafia. I don't know whatever. They're going around to businesses demanding that they put up a list of demands that it, and one of the demands is cash. They want the businesses to pay their approved businesses or not or give 1.5% of their net sales to approved nonprofits. And if you don't, you know what happens. So apparently they showed up to the guy's place of business and smashed a potted plant. And it sounds so much like a like a cheap mobster movie. Yep. It's like, Jimmy, show him what happens if he doesn't pay up. Whack! And he smashes the flower pot. I'm going sh- to give him the clamps. The clamps. <laughs> give him the clamps. Futurama references. We're really good at it. So, look, it, it's, it is just Louisville. I know a lot of people are going to be saying things like, you can't say it's all Black Lives Matter, Tim, and stuff like that. And it's like, what, 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 what am I supposed to say? What am, it, it's literally Black Lives Matter Louisville going around and doing this. And the scariest thing about it is that like a dozen or so businesses complied. Signing a contract admitting to like systemic racism and being gentrifiers and all this other nonsense. Wow. Uh, 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 it's a contract where they have to draft their own apology statement or something. And you got to hang it up in your business. Cuban immigrant who came here on a raft at 18 years old said no. And then all these Cuban immigrants showed up holding up signs saying we fled Cuba to get away from socialism. Yeah. Be careful what you wish for. And I'm just like, here, here, man, how is it that you get people in this country, homegrown, who want horrifying systems, are entitled, want to smash up businesses or threaten people and steal money. And then you have these hardworking Cuban immigrants come here on a raft with nothing and then earn the American dream. I don't have an answer. Yeah, I I think I got to be I got to be fair, man. I think we do a terrible job of raising our kids. I I mean it. I don't have kids, but. I know they're going to be awesome. <laughs> you think that? Yeah. No, you, I know it. You're going to homeschool them? I have, I have, I have two of my sisters have three kids each, and they're amazing kids. Homeschooled? My, uh, well, no, but they are there for them, and they raise them correctly. I mean, I'm, I'm an uncle, and I, you know, I have play a part in that, and they're amazing kids. So you know what, man? Yeah. I hear you. I hear you. I agree. I think one of the issues is bad parenting, straight up. Yep. You get people who don't know how to tell their kids no, who don't know how to teach their kids discipline, who don't show them how to function as mature, rational adults. Yeah, and no, instead, it's the teacher's just, fault. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the, the, there's a comic we talked about where it's like back in the day, the teacher would tell the parents, here's what your kid's doing wrong, and they'd look at the kid and say, what did you do? And today, the, the kid's does something wrong, and they're looking at the teacher saying, what did you do? Yep. My little snowflake can't do anything wrong. So now yes. we end up with this. I mean, so they're literally going around. We have a list of demands. I cover this on my uh, on my main channel. But uh, I want to go over this and, and basically talk with Adam about it because I don't think you've seen the contract they, they posted. I'd no, like to I get haven't. your reaction. It's no, gonna, I haven't. It's, 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 it's a whole new level of psychotic. Great. Yeah, I'm excited. It, and they, they have a list. It says, it says <clears throat> repercussions for noncompliance. Hmm. And they literally threaten people with cancel culture saying, we will go nuts on social media and destroy your business and everything. You know what's crazy to me is that we, we do have an interesting predicament with how these brigades will go on Yelp and things like Yelp, Google reviews. Right. And they'll write fake reviews for your business to damage your business reputation. It's terrible. I mean, is there a way to, like this? I, I do think we definitely need Section 230 reform here because it does become a problem. There, there really is a First Amendment clash here. Yep. A person's right to speak. But how, you, how is one, one small business 
one small, uh, you know, Cuban restaurant supposed to deal with thousands of defamation cases, literally impossible. True. So this, yeah, this is an interesting problem. And I don't know if you can make Google responsible for what these people are doing. Do you maybe, think they, maybe uh, the organizers. Do you think they deliver to us? In Louisville? <laughs> I don't know about that. Just trying to send some support. <laughs> but I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm, playing, I'm paying close attention to this. So the other story we have is another thing uh, uh, that I covered before. But uh, we, we definitely need to talk about it. We got a Monday show. Apparently, in June, a bunch of high-ranking Democrats held, and never Trump or Republicans, mm-hmm. held a secretive war game where they did like legit war game you know, mock-ups like they would for an actual war calculating what they thought would occur in the event uh, uh, during the election, just straight up during the election. Okay. They came up with four scenarios. In only one of them does Donald Trump win. And in all of them, there's street violence and chaos. So we got this article from Ben Smith in the New York Times, and I don't think Ben realized what he wrote and how scary it is. Okay. Very early in his article, because he's talking about like, oh, the media is, is you know, concerned and the election is going to be crazy. But in the beginning, he writes that there's near panic among the nerds, the people who track elections, saying no, none of these state election boards know how they're going to count or even tally votes. They're still counting the votes in uh, New York. Yep. Six weeks on, and they don't know who won. It's crazy. If, if they can't do it for a primary election in New York, for the, what, what is this? It's a, it was one congressional, congressional district, I think, or yeah. a couple. Imagine every single district in the country. So what happens? One of the scenarios, I guess, is that the, the, the House votes to approve Joe Biden for, for a win. The Senate and the courts approve Trump. And then here's the crazy thing about it. John Podesta from the Clinton campaign, longtime Clinton ally, high-ranking Democrat, one of the top Democrats, was running this war game as Biden. And he shocked everybody by saying, there's no way I can concede this under any circumstance. So okay. he actually... In the war, in, in, in this scenario, encouraged swing states to send faithless electors to support Biden no matter what, and then encouraged the entire West Coast to, to secede from the Union. Now, you could say that these people are, they're playing a war game. It's not necessarily going to be true. It's entirely possible that the elections swing so hard for Trump. Nothing, none, none of this matters. I think it's a strong possibility. I think but, so too. But these are, I mean, these are, these are top ranking Democrats, former governors professors from universities, Republicans. These are the top political establishment people saying straight up. Never, never Trump. Never Trump Republicans. Republicans. Go on. But they're basically playing this game where when it came down to it, they were like, we would rather have civil war and destroy the union than allow Trump to assume office. That's because he's he's messing all their plans up. Well, I think like a boss, if there are people who. So one of the things people have said is like like Trump said in what was it? 2016. Yep. Hillary Clinton said, it's a good thing you're not in charge of law enforcement or whatever. And he goes, because you'd be in jail. Yep. And then everyone started laughing and cheering. And that's what a lot of people think might happen. Now, I'm not going to, I'm not talking about conspiracy theories. I'm talking about literally Obamagate. Yep. That there are a bunch of high-ranking administration officials and, you know, politicos that know they're better off personally in a civil war. Yes, they are. They'll, they'll flee to Oregon and be like, quick, secede so I don't get arrested. That's Because Trump's taking office and this is they're it. scared. He's Maybe coming after them all. The Obamagate stuff, the Durham investigation, the report's coming out. Oh, yeah. This is, this is not conspiracy stuff. I'm not talking about, you know, any creepy nonsense. I'm talking literally about... Proof. Br- Bill Barr, John Durham, 
and accusations of hard corruption. And people believe that's why they're so adamant. No way. We're going to light it up for any of that happens. Yep. But also got we also got some other stories. And I just got to mention this one before we dive right in. MSNBC staffer. She quit. She said that uh, she goes into a long detail about the company just drives ratings. She doesn't like how the business is being run. And she opens this article about why she's quitting, about how it was hard to do so. And it felt radical, but she's got to do it. And I want to give a pseudo standing ovation because uh, I say pseudo because I'm sitting in my chair in a podcast room, right? Well done. But but uh, I really mean it like my greatest respect because I've been there. It's like I, I would rather have uncertainty than work for these companies. So that'll be interesting. But let's do this. Let's get started. For those that are just tuning in, uh, do you want to do you want to introduce them to the requirements, the prerequisites for watching the show? You first, you must uh, smash the like button. Yes. Smash it and then <laughs> smash it again. And then if it hasn't been smashed enough, maybe smash it one more time. Just make sure it's the right color and it mm-hmm. shows that you're mm-hmm. liking the channel. Yeah, yeah. Smash it. Smash it again. Then smash it a third time because the second smash might unsmash it. It does. <laughs> All right. So you don't want to ne- negate the smash. So a third smash is, is the final smash. Then you can leave and, it at that. And subscribe. Hit the notification bell. We're live every Monday through Friday at 8 p.m. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Parlor at TimCast. You can follow at Adam Krigler in the same places. And, of course, at Sour Patch Lids, L-Y-D-S, on Twitter and Parlor. Let's read this first story. Some of you may, might be familiar with it because, you know, it's going insanely viral. I tweeted about this. It's from, it's from uh, just the other day. At uh, th- this story here is from the other day where they actually came out, the Cuban immigrants came out and rallied against Black Lives Matter who are threatening them. But the tweet I put up has like 20,000 retweets. So this is huge. So the initial story was that a group of Black Lives, Matters act, uh, act, Black, Black Lives Matter activists there you go. are going around downtown Louisville accusing these people of being gentrifiers. And because of that, they have to pay hard cash. A bunch of businesses agreed to put up this contract in their windows. Dear Nulu, not this one specifically. There's like this. It might be this one, but there's other ones, a list of demands specifically. They want them to admit that their gentrification is an oppressive system targeting black folks for 400 years. Now, it's very creepy. A bunch of these businesses just said yes, but one business said no. We are not an enemy of the black community. Cubans rally to support Nulu businesses. Take a look at this photo. All right, maybe maybe the photos aren't. There we go. It says we left Cuba because of socialism. Be careful what you wish for. Some of the demands requested by Black Lives Matter protesters included that Nulu businesses adequately represent Louisville's black population by having a minimum of 23% black staff. Now, there's more to that. They they, they don't write it out, but no, they want front facing. They they said specifically that if someone walks in, they want front facing staff. So you'll see who's working there. They said they want a purchasing minimum of 23% inventory from black retailers or donating 1.5% of net sales to a local black nonprofit or organization and requiring diversity and inclusion training for all staff members on a biannual basis. My goodness. Yeah. You know what's crazy about it? They're going to a Cuban immigrants restaurant. He's got, I think he's got two restaurants now. It's called like the Ole Restaurant Group. I think, I think it is. One of them is called La Bodaguida de Mima. And there's another one I'm not entirely sure. What do you think they said, some of these activists said, when this Cuban immigrant came out and said, I will not stand for these mafia tactics? White supremacist. They called him, they called him a, a supremacist. Oh, okay. They said that he was proving that he believes in his supremacy. 
They couldn't call him a white supremacist because he's a Cuban immigrant. Right. <laughs> but they still tried. And they called him uh, racist. And they said he thinks black lives don't matter. He said that? Or that, they, they're that, putting that in the, his mouth? No, he definitely did not say that. Right. He said he stands with the community. He's, you know, he stands with all people. And he's right. got, you know, his family. He's got black family. He's got a gay son. He absolutely believes in, you know, in, in social justice and civil rights. Yeah. But the only thing they can do is that's the only weapon they have. There was a, there's a tweet going around saying that the left is really good at semantics. They change the definition of words. And they name themselves things that make it really hard to argue against yeah, exactly. for dumb people like Black Lives Matter. If you oppose this group of people threatening small businesses and demanding money, otherwise they have a, a list of repercussions for noncompliance, then you must not think Black Lives Matter. Well, you Don, Don, uh, uh, Don Jr., Donald Trump Jr. Po- uh, retweeted your tweet just yeah. saying simply, that's extortion. <laughs> And he was that right. That would be correct. So that's literally what this is. They're extorting businesses and, for money. And you know how much you, I, I'd be willing to bet the cops aren't going to do anything about it. As we've seen with the expansion of morality policing, the mayor of Louisville is now saying that he wants he thinks they should declare public uh, uh, racism a public health crisis. Hmm. Well, if that's true, you can't go go around arresting the people who are going to solve that problem now, can you? Yeah. And that's 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 the trick. That's the lie. So you got Antifa. But that just means anti-fascist. While they go around giving explosives to people to, you know, start fires, blow things up and beat people. If you say anything bad about them, you're pro-fascist. So there's a fake tweet going around. They, they, they do this all the time. One of the, biggest, one of the biggest problems we have right now with the left using memes for news is that a good portion of them are just fake. Yep. One of them was a group saying... It was, uh, it was the LAPD, I think, a fake tweet saying, we oppose Antifa and always will. We're exactly the opposite of whatever Antifa is. And so I read that knowing what Antifa is, and I'm like, oh, so they're like libertarian, you know, anarcho-capitalists. Yeah. No, but because Antifa thinks, you know, from their perspective, Antifa just means opposed to fascism. That means the LAPD was admitting they were fascists, <sighs> when in reality, the tweet was entirely fake. There's a, there's a, uh, a thread from Zach Goldberg going through a bunch of data points. And one of them is that the left is substantially uh, more likely to have been diagnosed with mental health issues. For, who, for wait, real. who is that? Zach? Cool. I, I, don't, I don't exactly know. Do you know what his title is? He's like a researcher, I think. Yeah, right? he is. He researches, I think, social justice. I'll look him up. Is he's, he like a government we, we, position? Or? No, 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 I don't think so. Think oh, okay. General scientist, academia. Yeah. Right. yeah is, is a, what is he, social scientist? Yeah, hold on. Let me check. Let's get his, let's, let's, he might just be a random dude on Twitter who's pulling data from other social scientists. Hold on, I'll read it. Here we I go. Need, I need the receipts. Yeah, yeah all right. It's he's a new. PhD student slash wokeness studies caller researching the Great Awakening. Okay. I don't know what school he's at, though. So, well, yeah, he's a, he's a student. He's, he's showing data from various uh, charts, and he's citing all of them. But, mm-hmm. but I say I'm crediting him for putting a thread together. Okay. And one of them shows that the further left you go, the more likely you are to have been diagnosed with a mental illness. Mm. And interestingly, the far right is more likely to have been diagnosed with a mental illness than conservatives. So like, I, I think they call it like strong conservative or something. Okay. Meaning that there is a point where it's like you go off into the deep end. But one of the things he also pointed out was that the left is has a really uh, a much higher index of depression. And once you go towards the right, depression goes away. Hmm. Like happiness and general life satisfaction goes way up. Which makes me start to think something about what we see with like what Black Lives Matter is doing, with what Antifa does and how they name their groups and then get away with this stuff. I see from so many people 
we mentioned this, that they just screenshot Facebook posts, they'll screenshot tweets, and that's their news. And they'll share these things. And I've like, I can't tell you how many times I've seen a bunch of these posts where they're like, if you're upset that someone's getting $600 a week in unemployment, then maybe, you know, uh, these companies should be paying them more. And I'm like, okay, the unemployment was a 100% guarantee plus $600. So no matter how much they were making, they were still getting more money. And so I've gone probably through like 50 posts where I see these pop up and I just like type it really quick. Like here's, here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. But it's all they keep doing to share this information. I think what we're seeing is not that liberals or leftists are more likely to be mentally ill. It's that mentally ill people are more likely to be leftist. Why? Because they believe fake news. They believe these fake memes, these fake tweets, these fake posts. And then you end up with moderates and conservatives and non-mentally ill liberals who all fall under one tent saying like, we oppose this kind of behavior. Yeah. But if you get a group that says, you know, their name is Black Lives Matter and a regular person can understand the distinction between that doesn't literally mean they think that, especially when there have been several people who have lost their lives who have been black during the riots and they, they said nothing about it. Or that Antifa literally, you know, just because you call yourself the good guys doesn't mean you're the good guys. Whether you're a liberal, a moderate or conservative, you can understand those concepts. If you're not all with it, you probably can't. And you get your information from memes. And if it's if it's beyond just like a diagnosed mental illness, and it's literally somebody who's just like like a bunch of low IQ people, then they're not going to be able to sort through this stuff. And they're just going to for, be forming angry mobs, which is literally what they're doing. Yeah. And then when a group goes around threatening businesses, well, no one stops them because the angry mob is loud. Yeah. And they thrive as, as victims. The, the whole victimhood thing is is rampant on the on the far left you know they really thrive in in being victims together i mean everything they're talking about is we're victims we're victims we're victims and that's it uh, basically if you, you look at everything they say that's that's the root they're all victims that's they're all being oppressed I, I think i think a lot of them know that they're lying about being victims okay and i think it's like narcissistic personality disorder borderline you know histrionic all of this like really just aggressive and angry and so they're going around and threatening people with the weapon they've been handed victimhood yep so they see it it's like a clear path hey man i'll go to this business and i'll walk up and i'll say here's my demands you're gonna pay up or no and then when they say no smash some of their property up and Mm. say we'll be back yep so so these are the i i read the demands already i think there's a look at this i'm not gonna read this this is this is the nulu business owners representation contract i'm not gonna read it but I almost I almost have to so you can so you, so people can hear what it is, but I don't want to say these words. I'll read the first part. I, as a business owner in the gentrified Nulu business district, understand that gentrification targets poor and disadvantaged communities of color, and as such, I acknowledge that the original residents. Here we go. My my business has played a part in this. That the community members were replaced. That many of the original residents were repatriated. I am therefore committing to to you know fix things, and then they say. To correct this lack of representation, I commit to increasing black representation in my business operations. And this shall include, this is where they say, you know, staff and management positions, you know, for for black employees, buying from black vendors or giving 1.5% of our monthly annual profits, 23% of black businesses and board membership in the New Loop Business Association. Here's my favorite. uh, Here's my favorite part. They mention, uh, I can't search through this. One of the things they say is that you have to submit that we, we demand you submit to a voluntary audit. 
Think, what? Yes. <laughs> well, that's We're, not that's not voluntary. You're well, demanding like, it. We demand you submit to a voluntary. You know, uh, where, where is it? Where is it? Whatever. Here's uh, it's, wow. it's it's in here somewhere, but it's a, it's a, this is a photo, so I can't actually do a search for it. But here, check this out: repercussions of noncompliance. Reduction in racial index score bias report to the Better Business Bureau. I don't think these people realize that that's like telling someone you're going to complain to Google. I mean, like they the, want to speak to the manager. The Better Business Bureau is like they, they, they don't do anything. It's just like a, it's like Yelp. It's like Yelp before the Internet. Right. So it's like I'm going to call the Better Business Bureau and people are like I don't, I don't care. What okay. Do? Okay, Karen. Yeah, exactly. Social media blast. Notification via all social media platforms of noncompliance. Boycott. Public boycott coordinated through social media and mail announcements of your Nulu establishment and any other business ventures owned by you. Protest. Visible media-covered demonstration sitting outside your establishment. Invasive reclamation. Placement of booths and tables outside your establishment where competing black proprietors will offer items comparable to those offered by you. Wow, that sounds an awful lot like extortion, Tim. It does. The only thing is that the demands are more of an ideological bent. So it's like, what would it be called? I guess it's still extortion. Like, what would it be called if like a bunch of Mormons walked around and they like went to business to business, but instead of being polite and happy with smiles on their face, they had like bats and they were like, give, donate to the church or else. That'd still be extortion. Extortion. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. It's like a Sharia patrol. Yeah. Morality policing. Literally, yeah. So we were talking the other day, and I was like, I said, the police will come to your house and knock on the door and say you can't play rap music anymore. Yeah. It was a bit of an exaggeration, but this is basically it. They're going to, so not necessarily the residential houses yet. They've done that to, to politicians. We'll see if they start going to regular people, which they probably will, in my opinion, soon. They're going to businesses now and saying, here's what you must do to be in the good graces of the movement. And they want you to admit this is crazy. I blank, see and support the black community as a business owner, dedicate my time, I pledge, therefore, blah, blah, blah. You got to put your name, you got to put your business address, and sign an apology, acknowledging the faults of your privilege. You have to submit. We demand you submit to a voluntary audit. I wonder if, I want to find that. But anyway, this is what they're demanding of people. In which case, what is this, a, a mafia? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yep, so, uh, the, mafia. so now, here's what I, I don't think the police will do anything about it. <sighs> you can have every everybody in the world tweet about it, but we've already seen. I, I, I do not see the police crossing, you know, these activists or extremists or whatever you want to call it, mafiosos. They're just going to keep doing what they're doing. No one's going to stop them. But there are people who are starting to speak up. So to be fair, this guy in Louisville at this restaurant is you know, standing up, pushing back him. and saying no. Yep. Now they have a, what is this? The level of representation shall be achieved by August 17th, 2020 with incremental increases of 5% in each six month period. Well, there you go. This is what we can expect to happen. And now when you, when you look at how the press handles this kind of stuff, this is why I'm not confident that we're going to see deescalation. I don't know if you saw what happened with the uh, NBA dude. What was his yeah. name? Jonathan yeah, Isaacs. Yeah. He's, yeah, I saw it. It's terrible what they're, what, I mean, the, the the Democrats are are and the crazy left are basically being like, "Good, good riddance." He got hurt. It's, it's well, so karma. so he's, he's the guy who stood for the national anthem, and even his teammates seem to be supporting him. Like, let him doing his thing. Like, and then he tore his ACL, 
which was already weakened. He had a, he had a, a, a knee brace on. And then he goes for a jump shot, I guess, or something, or a dunk. I don't know. I don't, I'm not a basketball kind of guy. Yeah. Uh, but he falls. He falls down. Yeah, and he, now they're like, irony, they're laughing. Ha ha. He stood for the national anthem, stuff like that. But when it happens, you can see the other people wearing the Black Lives Matter sweaters. They, you know, they run in and they're like concerned about him. I think that that to me was was like, you know, a good sign that even these dudes who are, you know, clearly doing two different kind of movements or whatever still recognize their friends and all that. But based on how we've seen the treatment of Herman Cain when he passed versus John Lewis, yep. when you see what happens to this NBA player, the media, like, listen, the Courier Journal, of course, is talking about the story. There's protests going on. It's local news. Did CNN cover it? New York Times? Washington Post? Vox? No, they don't want to, they don't want to show people standing up against this. They don't want to show them extorting people. Or, or extorting people, right? Both. You know? Yep. You, you hear what happened in Rockford, Illinois? No, what happened? So there was a, a Back the Blue protest, um, just a bunch of people. And I guess at the very the tail end, there was like four or five uh, anti-Back the Blue, you know, uh, Black Lives Matter, yelling Black Lives Matter at them. And then they got violent and they sent SWAT in there and took them out. The, the, the far leftists or what? The far leftists. They arrested each one of them. So oh wow! It's like so, we're you know for each each of these things like this isn't on that's also not on the news. You know we're we're seeing these specific examples of like like this. I mean this isn't even being on the news. You know, but morality policing is sure it's happening. But at the same time, I'm seeing plenty of other instances where these cops are like, we're not going to take this. This is this is ridiculous. We're not the mask police. We're you know you you get violent in our town. We're gonna arrest you and yeah. you're, you're gonna go to prison. And that's what happened. Well, let's see if Louisville does it. I mean, the mayor is clearly supporting this weird intersectional identity stuff. But you hmm. know, to be fair too, I want to make sure we, we we clarify when they say the media won't cover it. It typically refers to national level media. Like Brian Stelter on CNN goes on his show and he goes, and there it is. More proof of dictator Donald Trump or some other stupid nonsense because Trump said some because Trump tweeted about delaying the election question mark. And I tweeted, I'm like, Trump tweeted the, 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 the governor of New Jersey had small business owners arrested yeah. for trying to open their, their gym in this in a sleepy suburb. Right. So you want to talk to me about who's a dictator, who's a fascist, whatever. It's 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 in, it's absolutely insane, man. And then we got uh, Black Lives Mafia over here. <laughs> Black Lives Mafia. And, uh, you know, Louisville. <laughs> what? How is this not news? How are people not talking about this? I've heard stuff like this has happened in other places. Yeah. I just couldn't find any confirmation. Yeah. It's crazy. Because th th that's a big issue. Are people actually going to cover this? And the Courier Journal, I believe, is part of USA Today. But it's not for it. It reaches the national level because I tweet about it. So it's, it's look, when I posted this story the first time, I didn't think I'd get that many retweets. I got like 20,000. Yeah. 20, and, and I was like, whoa. I don't, and, and now all of a sudden we're starting to see it's conservative outlets, conservative commentary starting to cover this, of course. But the mainstream large news outlets have been totally co-opted by the far left. So this is the important thing to realize when people talk about the mainstream media is that there's clearly left-wing media, there's clearly right-wing media, and then there's establishment corporate media that is dominated entirely by far left ideology or at least bends the knee to it. Which is going to make things really, really interesting as we move now into uh, an election, because uh, we, have, we have this New York Times article from Ben Smith. It's really interesting. He mentions that our media operates like election commissions. 
when, when we're trying to figure out who actually won, we, we go about this in a really weird way. The news outlets just tell us and we assume they're telling the truth, even though they're just making predictions. Isn't that weird? Uh, yeah, I mean, I always assume I guess weird isn't isn't what I would use the, the, the term. Well, I always assumed that like the official reporting coming into the, the news outlets was that they would hear from like the state election board saying we've confirmed this is the results. That's not the case. They're taking like polling data and they're making phone calls and then saying, here's our projection. Hey, like, who did you vote for? Hey, who did you vote for? Who did you vote for? Is that is that what they're saying? What they do? Because who's going to tell them Trump? No one's going to say that. Well, we, they, we've known that. Well, they do. Well, they did. They did in 2016, right? They didn't want to. And right. they do call the election boards. But ultimately, it's just like they're not certified results. And so what ends up happening is we had the very famous 2000 moment where Fox News called Florida for George Bush. But then everyone said he didn't. And they were like, wait, what happened? And then Al Gore rescinded his his concession. And then it went to the courts. And then Bush won oh, okay. because the media is telling us who won. Great. Instead of us like waiting a week, we created the spectacle where the day of election. Now we're not going to have that. And so the well, next- no one trusts the media either anymore. Yep. So, you know, that's not going to work anyway. This story here from the Boston Globe is this is actually relatively old story. It's from June, but we're getting new information on a bipartisan group secretly gathering to game out a contested Trump Biden election. And it wasn't pretty, they say. I can go through all the details, but suffice to say, it's very, very simple. All of the scenarios result in street level violence, political impasse. (laughs) The law is essentially helpless. They predicted four scenarios, one in which Trump wins, but only with the Electoral College. And in that scenario, Joe Biden would not concede. Well, and and you you said this earlier, all of the people that are in this group doing this don't like Trump at all. Yeah, they're all never Trumpers. Correct, right? All of them. Yeah. So what's, what's really interesting is actually this op uh, this column from Ben Smith over at the New York Times, how the media would get the election story wrong. We may not know the results for days and maybe weeks, so it's time to rethink election night. I don't think there's going to be an election night or even election month. Right now in New York City, they're still trying to count the mail-in ballots from six weeks ago, yeah. and they don't know who won these primaries. The mail-in ballots. Yep. Mm. Uh, it sounds so, like there's something fishy with mail-in ballots. But ch- take a look at how the column ends, and then we'll, we'll talk about you know what this means in terms of these scenarios. They say, conveniently, a group of former top government officials called the Transition Integrity Project actually gamed four possible scenarios, including one that doesn't look that different from 2016, a big popular win for Mr. Biden and a narrow electoral defeat, presumably reached after weeks of counting the votes in Pennsylvania. For their war game, they cast John Podesta, who was Hillary Clinton's campaign chairman in the role of Mr. Biden. They expected him when the votes came in to concede, just as Mrs. Clinton had. The only issue? Yeah, he didn't. Mr. Podesta, playing Biden, shocked the organizers by saying he felt his party wouldn't let him concede. Alleging voter suppression, he persuaded the governors of Wisconsin and Michigan to send pro-Biden electors to the Electoral College, presumably at odds with what the results actually were. In that scenario, California, Oregon, and Washington then threatened to secede from the United States if Mr. Trump took office as planned. The House named Biden president, the Senate and White House stuck with Trump, at that point in the scenario, the nation stopped looking to media outlets for cues and waited to see what the military would do. Oh. So here's the scenario I have. 
What happens when Fox News says Donald Trump has won? And then MSNBC says Joe Biden has won and the results are insanely different. And then so then what? You just said you had it. You you go. What? What, what do you think? Well, then you end up with this scenario exactly as they said it. Hmm. The, the left is going to argue we didn't lose. We won. It's reported in the press. Fox News is fake news. And then Fox is going to report it for Trump. And then the people are going to say MSNBC, CNN, these are fake outlets. You're going to have all the liberals saying there's no way all of these outlets are fake. Right wing media is lying. The left, Joe Biden and his camp are going to say right wing media is just trying to they're fascists trying to support Trump. And you're going to end up with people who actually read the news, who actually know the data are going to be called right wing. And it won't matter what you believe or what you don't believe. I think the military will side with Trump. I, I think th- I think so. I think I think so, but it's hard to know for sure. We've already had several, you know, former generals come out against him and slam him. That doesn't mean anything. They're former. Like the the military right now, I mean, I personally know people that are fed up with what's happening, saying, I'm sick of the Democrats, I'm sick of what's going on, and I'm just I think they'd side with him. They'd side with the president. Well, we need to see how the election goes, but there's an even worse scenario not listed in any of these games. And that's an election night in-person polling landslide for Trump that they refuse to call because of mail-in ballots. And then over the course of a few weeks, ballots keep pouring in and it flips for Biden. 550 million votes for Biden. It's like there's there's only... 350 million it could Americans. Be, it could be something like Trump gets 64 million and they're like, you know, or it, it, because of mail-in voting, it would go, it would be split between Trump and Biden, but they will be like 50 million votes cast for Trump and 40 million for Biden. It's, it looks like it should be a landslide, but we still have mail-in ballots. So we're not going to call it tonight. And then every week Biden gets, you know, f- three or 4 million and Trump gets like a half a million. And then in the span of like three or four weeks, all of a sudden Joe Biden is now the winner. And then no matter what happens, Trump's like, where are these ballots coming from? How is this possible? Where did all these votes come from? It won't matter. Well, they keep printing uh, dollars. Probably they, they keep printing ballots. Just keep printing ballots. We'll be good. The crazy thing is that this did happen in 2018, but the <laughs> Republicans didn't contest it. So there were races. So here, here, this is an interesting thing. I often talk, to, talk about how I was wrong in 2018. Okay. Maybe I wasn't. Depending on on how conspiratorial you want to get. Go on. So I thought the Republicans were going to dominate. They Mm -hmm. controlled every branch of everything, basically. And I was like, considering this insanity that we're seeing in the press and cancel culture, I can't imagine that, you know, the House would flip. You know, this blue wave would really hit. Conservatives basically won for the most part in in the initial reporting. And then I basically I made a video saying there was it was a red wave. There was no blue wave. But then over the next several days to a week or whatever, new votes just started popping in. And then all of a sudden, the races started flipping in favor of Democrats. Hmm. Trump said that this would happen. And, and you know, basically, I don't know the exact uh, tweets he put out, but something alluding to, you know, interference, fraud or whatever. But then when they all won, no one of the Republicans tried to stop it. Nobody filed suit. It just accepted it as, you know, that's what happened. And then, of course, the Democrats with their new House majority tried to impeach the president and then started doing a whole bunch of, you know, insane, insane stuff like Adam Schiff published private details of an American journalist without a warrant. That's messed up. He used the subpoena power of Congress and I guess Judicial Judicial Watch challenged them and they lost. 
Like the, the Congress is allowed to seize a private citizen's personal information, phone records, and publish them with no consequence. That's messed up. Yep. Wow. So take a look at this from, uh, from the New York Times. They say, Ben Smith writes, I spoke last week to executives, TV hosts, and election analysts across leading American newsrooms, and I was struck by the blithe confidence among some top managers and hosts who generally said they've handled complicated elections before and can do so again. And I was alarmed by the near panic among some of the people playing, paying close attention, the analysts and producers trying and often failing to get answers from state election officials about how and when they will count the ballots and report results. The nerds are freaking out, said Brandon Finnegan, the founder of Decision Desk HQ, which delivers election results to media outlets. I don't think it's penetrated enough in the average viewer's mind that there's not going to be an election night. The usual razzmatazz of a panel sitting around discussing election results, that's dead. So uh, how many buildings are going to get burned down on November 4th, November 3rd? I mean, I was just in uh, Philadelphia yesterday and half of the buildings I was, I mean, I was driving down the street. Half the buildings were boarded up. They all had, you know, Black Lives Matter stuff written on the outside of the boards. And all I can see is like, man, they're just pleading not to burn their business down. That's all I can see. It's, it's scary. Black Everybody, Lives, Black Lives Mafia, man, it's, it's actually ringing true more and more. The more we go on, it's been hijacked. That's what I've been saying. They put up signs saying, please don't hurt us. Yep. They, they, they paint in their windows. We support you, please, please. They put up Antifa signs. I'll tell you what, man, Antifa is out of the question at this point. Antifa, is, as far as I'm concerned, the narrative of Antifa is over. You know why? Why? What used to be Antifa now just flies Black Lives Matter flags. Right. That's a good point. They still, they still have their Antifa flags, but they're wearing shirts that say Black Lives Matter. They put up signs that say Black Lives Matter. Yeah, it's the shield. I, yeah, the shield say Black Lives Matter. So they're no longer Antifa now. Now there is an organization. Congratulations. Bla- they, they, they like to say Antifa isn't actually a, an organization. Okay, Black Lives Matter is. They receive funding. And the people running around with shields have Black Lives Matter written on them. They receive funding and they extort businesses. That's right. Have any of the, and, and, and overtly as Black Lives Matter. Now, here's the important question. Has any of these Black Lives Matter organizers with these massive protests in Portland, Oregon, denounced the explosives being used? Not that I know of. Not that I know of. Maybe they did. And if they did, then, you know, thank you. I'm glad. But I don't think they did. So here's what I would say. There's going to be uh, some testimony before Congress about Antifa. And that's wrong. Andy No is going to be testifying, among other people. Huh? Wrong, wrong, wrong. The people in Portland, they can claim to be Antifa. They may have been Antifa in the past, but the 60 nights of violent riots was under the banner of Black Lives Matter. That's true. And I'm not saying that to be, uh, to agitate or to be emotional. Literally, they have shields that say Black Lives Matter on them. Yep. They put uh, post like uh, bills, like paper flyers, on the fencing saying Black Lives Matter. It's reported in the press they're protesting for George Floyd and for Black Lives Matter. Then Black Lives Matter has a national organization that raises tons of money. They have high profile personalities. And have any of them called this out? In fact, when it came to the dude in Louisville who's being extorted, they actually came out attacking the business owner for trying to resist the extortion attempt. Has anyone from the parent organization condemned the extortion going on in Louisville? Not that I've seen. And that could just be me. It could be the media, to be fair. But not that I've seen. In which case, the conversation needs to be put forth that Black Lives Matter needs to stop the violence, the explosives, the weapons. And there's even NAACP leaders calling this out in Oregon specifically. There's one guy who was saying that this whole event has become a white spectacle. It was supposed to be about Black Lives Matter. And now they've just taken the whole thing over. 
numerous, numerous um, uh, black activist leaders have been saying that the far left has co-opted Black Lives Matter. Now you have overt Marxism and the far left engaging in violence. They're not flying the Antifa flag anymore. So that needs to be pointed out. And if they have a problem with that, then you need to call out the violent extremists who are flying your flag and being extremists. There's no excuse. Hmm. You, you, you got to do it. So the interesting thing that Ben Smith brings up is that the media, for some reason, takes the place of national election commissions. He says here the media actually assembles the results from 50 states, tabulates them and declares a victor. And we can't really help ourselves. The media establish, establishes the narrative to explain what happened. He then goes on to talk about how this resulted in you know 2000 with Gore v. Bush and all that stuff. And then he basically brings up the point that they don't know what's going to happen. Many of these people have, have not woken up to the fact that there's not going to be an election. A lot of the people who work at, say, like CNN and MSNBC and all that seem to think that the companies that provide them data are able and ready, and they're not. So I can only imagine that you're going to see like Wolf Blitzer standing there, and he's going to be like, no data coming in, and we're five hours in. Still no data. And then it's like four in the morning, and it's like 0% across the board. Nothing, nothing happens. No election night. Yep. So then what do we do as a country? Oh, I wish I had all the answers. I don't I don't have any of them. Anybody know? Anybody know what we do? <laughs> buy buy uh buy ranch. Gold. Buy, buy gold. gold, buy Bitcoin, buy, buy a ranch. Yeah. Buy get a your, bug out van. Yeah, get out of cities, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. Everyone's getting armed. We That's got, true. We got record gun sales. I wonder. I, I really wonder about this. You know, I was thinking about we, we, we talk a lot about the potential for war and stuff. Mm-hmm. And maybe we can talk about this in a bit, like in a fuller, fuller segment. But I was curious, like, we've got people decentralizing our economy by leaving cities. Yeah. We've got people buying weapons, people buying gold, people buying stocks. And interestingly, it's, it's like these things would greatly benefit us in a, in, a, in a war. But the other thing I realized, too, is that with the economy taking a massive hit, I wonder if we're going to reach every enlistment goal for every branch of the armed forces. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not, you know, I, I could be wrong about this. My understanding is that basically when the economy does bad, enlistment, sky, enlistment skyrockets because it's a guaranteed job. So I wonder if this will still end up benefiting us as well. There's talk, talks floating around. But so w- while we're talking about media, I want to use this opportunity to jump to the next bit because, um, you know, when it comes to extortion, when it comes to the media, when it comes to the lies, man, this story right here, this is just like a personal blog for Ariana N. Picari. Personal news, why I'm now leaving MSNBC. You know why she's leaving? Because they're fake news. Finally. It's, it's refreshing to see someone actually leave. Because, I mean, that's that's basically what you did, you know, when they were like... They wouldn't let me leave. Well, yeah, for a year. But I you did, what did you do, though? I mean, I still for did work. For whole year. I did work, but they didn't like what I was producing. Yeah. So I worked for a company that was a joint venture between ABC News and Univision. And they did not like the content I was doing because they wanted to do social justice. Because it was honest. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's, not, it's not even that. I went but to it Fu- was. I went to Fukushima. I know. It was cool. Yeah. So I, I went to Japan and we did this story about, um, you know, the radioactive, you know, disaster, the nuclear disaster. It was, a, it was a clever idea. I was like, the idea I had for a good documentary series was to take a look at video games and movies that have concepts and then produce documentaries around the concepts. So you have like a, a, a nonfiction version that explores the ideas. Hmm. So when Fallout 4 was coming out, I was like, why don't we go and go to, uh, you know, uh, Fukushima? We'll call it Fallout from Fukushima. 
And then when everyone's really excited about this video game, we'll have like a, hey, here's the real world. You can learn some you know, facts. And it worked out really well. Yeah, it was a good, it was a good series. So yeah. the, the interesting thing about it is not political. They didn't like it. They wanted, they wanted woke politics and I didn't want to do it. I want those clicks, baby. Well, I don't, it, clicks. it wasn't clicks. I was getting clicks. I was getting more views than like basically anybody at the company. Oh. And they even told me that the president of the company said, you get more traffic than anyone else here. And I was like, then why won't you listen? They were obsessed with embracing far left intersectionality and feminism. Wow. And I could only, I, I could only speculate as to why based on what I was told by their consultants. So the consultants may be the end all be all, but it was basically them. They believed that in the next several years, this country will be entirely intersectional. Seems like they weren't entirely wrong, though the company didn't couldn't succeed in actually generating any kind of buzz. But they believed within the next, you know, five to 10 years or so, this would be it. The entire country would be woke. And therefore, you must be woke now to get in early to win. Wait, hold on. What happened to them? Didn't, didn't they go broke? Oh, yeah, they went super broke. <laughs> That's All that money yep. just gone. Yep. Well, take a look at this story. Let's let's actually read. So I'm not familiar with who Ariana Picari is, but she writes, quote, just quit. That's the advice Alec gave a year and a half ago when I expressed concerns about my job. You just quit. It's that simple. Stay at MSNBC at least until the midterms, Jeffrey said a couple years back. He advised to watch and see what happens. Hang in there. You're needed. Elizabeth recommended last winter. I was in your shoes when I was younger, but I stuck it out. A year and a half ago, simply quitting my job without knowing my next step sounded pretty radical. So I stuck it out a bit longer until we were in the middle of a pandemic to make a truly radical move. July 24th was my last day at MSNBC. I don't know what I'm going to do next exactly, but I simply couldn't stay there anymore. My colleagues are very smart people with good intentions. The problem is the job itself. It forces skilled journalists to make bad decisions on a daily basis. You may not watch MSNBC, but just know that this problem still affects you too. All the commercial networks function the same, and no doubt that content seeps into your social media feed one way or the other. It's possible that I'm more sensitive to the editorial process due to my background in public radio, where no decision I ever witnessed was predicated on how a topic or a guest would rate. The longer I was at MSNBC, the more I saw such choices. It's practically baked into the editorial process, and those decisions affect news content every day. Likewise, it's taboo to discuss how the rating scheme distorts content, or it's simply taken for granted, because everyone in the commercial broadcast news industry is doing the exact same thing. But behind closed doors, industry leaders will admit the damage that's being done. Quote, you're going to love it. You guys ready for the nuclear bomb? Yeah. We are a cancer and there is no cure. A successful and insightful TV veteran said to me, but if you could find a cure, it would change the world. It's easy. It's the, the easiest cure in the world. You just stop, stop watching. You stop watching. Everyone stops watching them. Everyone realizes that they're fake. No one's going to go. Their ratings will it's, die. It's, it's, you know, look, MSNBC and, and CNN are as fake as they can get. Yep. But people are addicted to this stuff. They believe it. They trust it. And they grew up being told Fox News is fake news. Fox News is biased for sure. But their daytime news stuff is actually really good. And I've heard journalism professors say this stuff. But the left can't accept it. They've been wrapped up into this resistance, insane mindset. And this is what you get. You get people who exploit this and they grow and they become powerful. Now, to be fair, 
if you look at my content, it is absolutely hyper-focused. A lot of the stuff we talk about is, you know, very political. It has its bias and everything. But there's a big difference between, you know, for my content, a dude who reads the news and talks about his opinion and tries to make sure, you know, I'm telling you what I think is reasonable and honest to the best of my abilities as kind of a, you know, independent, left-leaning you know, kind of person. And then you have, for this show, a small group of people just opining on cult- cultural issues and politics and talking about the election coming up. When you compare those things, the big difference to, like, say, MSNBC is an editorial boss who says, no, I know you care about that story, Adam. We're not going to run with it because it's not going to do well for the show. But I want to talk about space. But we're going to talk about space so that we actually have SpaceX ready, you know? Yeah. So we're going to talk about, like, SpaceX and stuff. And there have been segments we've done. I, I can't remember which segment we did. Didn't do all that well. And it was because something we wanted to talk about. But that, that's the thing. When you're an individual and you're like, here's stuff I care about and I want to talk about this and people like listening to what you say about these certain topics, you'll do well. But then if you look at YouTube, guess what? YouTube, where all of this political commentary exists, is not unified. If you watch, you know, Steven Crowder, you're going to get a conservative opinion. You watch Tim Pool, you're going to get a more moderate opinion. You watch Kyle Kalinske, you'll get a progressive opinion. And it's all under the same YouTube. Imagine if MSNBC was like that. You turn it on at any given point or you go to their website and you have a bunch of different political opinions. That's what happens when YouTube and Facebook or, or whatever. I'm not a big fan of these big tech companies, but when they allow individuals to create content, you end up with independent edi- editorial decisions. And, and, I, and I'll, I'll talk to people who say they watch me, they watch Crowder and Jimmy Dore. Jimmy Dore, I think, is a socialist. Is he's he, is he's he? pretty far left. Yeah, he is. He's a socialist? Yeah. Because yeah. I'm I'm I don't want to you know, tell him what his views are. I think Jimmy's great. He's anti-establishment. He's, he's, you know, pretty far left, but there are people who will watch all of us. That's good for you. If you only watch MSNBC, you're probably going insane. And that's why this woman quits. Let's read a little bit more. She says, as it is, this cancer stokes national division, even in the middle of a civil rights crisis, the model blocks diversity of thought and content because the networks have incentive to amplify fringe voices and events at the expense of others, all because it pumps up the ratings. This cancer risks human lives, even in the middle of a pandemic. The primary focus quickly became what Donald Trump was doing poorly to address the crisis rather than the science itself. As new details have become available about antibodies, a vaccine or how COVID actually spreads, producers still want to focus on the politics. Important facts or studies get buried. This cancer risks our democracy, even in the middle of a presidential election. Any discussion about the election usually focuses on Donald Trump, not Joe Biden. A repeat offense from 2016. Mm. Trump smothers out all other coverage. Also important is to ensure citizens can vote by mail this year. But I've watched that topic get ignored or killed numerous times. Wow. Context and factual data are often considered too cumbersome for the audience. There may be some truth to that. Our education system really should improve critical thinking skills of Americans. I'm sorry, Ariana, I don't think they help. I think they hinder, to be honest. But another hard truth is that it is the job of journalists to teach and inform, which means they might need to figure out a better way to do that. They could contemplate more creative methods for captivating an audience. Just about anything would improve the current process, which can be pretty rudimentary. Think basing today's content on whatever rated well yesterday or look to see what's trending online today. She did make a good point, though, about that education. She said it really should improve. 
Not that it that it, it doesn't. That's what she's saying. It, it should. Do, the, the schooling. So, you know, you just said you don't agree with her, but she's well, literally saying that schools should improve critical thinking skills. That's what we need. We I don't need ag- more people using critical thinking to handle things. I guess I should say, to clarify, I don't think schools will work. I'm not, I'm not convinced that without some kind of radical, absolute deconstruction of the entire system and reforming in a totally radical and different way, I am 100% opposed to institutionalized learning facilities, which separate kids from their parents so they don't learn from their parents, puts them under the care of people who typically don't care about them, and then sends them off to colleges where you got a bunch of radical lunatics who don't actually work in their field. I agree. The system is messed up. The school system needs, I mean, it it goes back to unions, really. The teachers' unions are protecting bad teachers, and it's a bad system. It's it's so beyond that, though. It's, it's, It's partly rooted in the fact that People use school as daycare. Yeah, know? yeah. What we were talking about earlier. So I'll ask you something about college. What would you? Ra- who, who, let me let me ask you guys what you think. If someone was supposed to learn how to, you know, run a media business or be a producer in a media company, would they be better served spending all of their time in school and going to college for it, or literally just sitting across the room from us right now? And every time we do a show, I'm just looking over. She didn't. You didn't go to school for this. Did I you? did not. No, I, uh, right, I, so. I came in and I sat down next to Tim and I learned everything I know from Tim. And yeah. it's been great. Super hands on and everything I need to know. I learned as I needed to know. It it's was the, great. the point is obvious. You have a lot of people going to journalism school and they're learning from people who aren't actually in the field. You look at these journalism professors on Twitter and what are they? They're far left. They're all far left. And I'm like, they don't even know what they're talking about half the time. Like, I, I mean, facts. Like, sure, you can give your opinion on, you know, the morality of objective versus subjective, blah, 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 ethics and all that. But do you even know the fact you didn't do any research? So you have these professors. They've actually called me in to give guest lectures on like methodology and technology and new, and new reporting techniques. So why would you spend money to to literally go to a room to learn from someone who isn't working in the field? It makes no sense. But anyway, that's a whole other conversation. Let's go back to uh, ranting about the media. <laughs> She says, occasionally, the producers will choose to do a topic or story without regard for how they think it will rate, but that is the exception, not the rule. Due to the uh, simple structure of the industry, the desire to charge more money for commercials, as well as the ratings bonuses that top-tier decision makers earn, they always relapse into their old profitable programming habits. I understand that the journalistic process is largely subjective, and any group of individuals may justify a different set of priorities on any given day. Therefore, it's particularly notable to me, for one, that nearly every rundown at the network basically is the same, hour after hour. And two, they use this subjective nature of the news to justify economically beneficial decisions. I've even heard producers deny their role as journalists. A very capable senior producer once said, our viewers don't really consider us the news. They come to us for comfort. Yikes. MSNBC. Whoa. Uh, You know what I got to say, though? Can't stand him. It's true of everything, though. I'm sure it's true for a lot of people come to watch us. Yeah. But all I can really say is we look, MSNBC has a boss and that boss tells the underlings who tell their underlings these stories don't fly at this network. We talk about what we think is important. We often pull up the biggest stories of the day and then we literally just give our feelings about it. And often Adam and I will disagree about it. Imagine if in this show I was like, Adam, you got to stop doing that. It's better for the ratings if you just say what, what, what should be said instead of what you actually think. 
Oh, I want. I'm resisting the urge to give him two middle fingers, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not gonna do it. Nope. Because we'll okay. get demonetized. Will I? Will we? <laughs> oh, no. No. That's a joke. That's a no. Joke. I don't just don't you want. I don't want people can't. clipping that. All <laughs> oh, right. 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 Well, no. So, but look, there's, there's a fair point in that we won't swear because we lo- it's it's you lose money. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, to be fair. I am probably overly critical. I got I, I get several emails from people asking us not to specifically, so their kids can listen in and True. stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. I like so, that about it. So I'll be I'll be fair in that regard, but I do think it plays a major role in why I won't swear. Why Why should I lose? You lose like seventy percent of revenue when you say one swear word. Wow. Yeah, some ridiculous amount. So it absolutely does play a role in everyone. But ultimately, though, what I think I want to talk about, I just I just talk about it, and and the same for you know what we do versus what they do. I don't think there's a perfect solution, though. I think any company that grows enough will fall victim to this. Yeah. I think even if I were to make a massive company, were I to maintain editorial control, I'd be like, no, I don't like that story for this reason. Why are we you know, wasting time on these certain things? And that's why when it comes to, say, Scanner, which is doing production, I tell them, you pick, you do what you want to do. And I think that's the best I can say for as how I'm trying to do things differently to stop this. We've got Scanner, if you're not familiar, and they're off producing stuff. And the most I can do is like, why would you guys do this and that? Huh? Interesting, whatever. But they have full editorial control. I don't. And that's how it's supposed to be. Newsrooms are supposed to be editorially independent for this reason. They're not. She says, personally, I don't think the people need to change. I think the job itself needs to change. There's a better way to do this. I'm not so cynical to think that we are absolutely doomed, though we're on that path. Well, I disagree. I think the media industry is doomed, I'm not, if, if that's what she means. I know we can find a cure. If we can figure out how to send a man to the moon, if Alex Trebek can defy the odds with stage four pancreatic cancer, and if Harry Reid can actually overcome pancreatic cancer, he's now cancer free, then we can fix this. Not everything that is that is faced can be changed, but nothing that nothing can be changed until it's faced. She says, I know James Baldwin wasn't thinking about MSNBC when he wrote that line in 1962, but those words spoke loudly to me in the summer of 2020. Unfortunately, many of the same ailments are still at stake today. Now, maybe we can't really change the inherently broken structure of broadcast news, but I know for certain that it won't change unless we actually face it in public and at least try to change it. Now, I got I to be real. It sounds like she's actually like a lefty Democrat, liberal, hmm. like she it doesn't seem to be a fan of Trump. She seems to be into social justice, but she knows the destruction, the damage of this whirlpool of, of fake news. You know who she reminds me of a little bit? Who is Matt Taibbi? Yeah, a little bit. These liberals bit, are waking yeah. up, man. Yeah. And, and they have voices. I appreciate that. Yeah. She says, though this pandemic and the surreal alienating lockdown through this pandemic, I've witnessed many people question their lives and what they're doing with their time on this planet. I reckon I'm one of those people looking for greater meaning and truth. As much as I love my life in New York, uh, in New York City, and really don't want to leave, I feel fortunate to be able to return to Virginia in the near term to reconnect with family, friends, and a community of independent journalists. I'm both nervous and excited about this change. Thanks to COVID-19, I'm learning to live with uncertainty. And so very soon, I'm going to be seeking you out. Any one of you who, will also, who, who also may sense that the news is fundamentally flawed and is frustrated by it. This effort will start informally, but I hope to crystallize a plan for, for when better, safer days are upon us. On that front, feel free to reach out anytime if you would like to discuss any of this, whether in agreement or not, more than ever. I'm craving full and civil discourse. Until next time, thank you for reading. I wish you all well, Ariana. That's so great. You know what's interesting? Mm. Civil discourse. That's what she's wishing for. Yep, exactly. Bill Maher recently ran a segment where they were wishing for civil discourse. They were, they were complaining about 
the far left cancel culture. Yeah. And now we're starting to see more, more and more. So I know Bill Maher has called us out, but we're starting to see more and more people are challenging the far left, the anti-discourse narrative, and they're challenging how the media is fueling into this. So bravo to her. Have you ever what, seen this? What is this? No, so, so this is the uh, Missouri Press Association. It's a plaque from J.W. Brown Jr. And uh, he, he's, I mean, this is an older, this has been around for a while. It's called the Journalist Creed. And I'm just huh. going to, I'm just going to read some of these. It's, I can't really zoom in, but yeah, so I'm going to just kind of, I'm going to read it from here. Let me see if I can try and make it bigger. So the number one is, I believe in the profession of journalism. I believe that the public, oh, oh, you just blew oh, it up. Sweet, yeah. Oh, that's way easier. Okay. I believe that the public journal is a public trust that all connected with it are to the full measure of their responsibility, trustees for the public, that or that acceptance of a lesser service than the public service is a betrayal of that trust. I believe that clear thinking and clear statement, accuracy and fairness are fundamental to good journalism. I believe that a journalist should write only what he holds in his heart to be true. I believe that suppression of the news for any consideration other than the welfare of society is indefensible. I got to stop there. Go ahead. The welfare of society. Suppression of the news for any consideration other than the welfare of society. I completely disagree. Really? Yeah. Look, look what they're doing now. They're going to say racism is a public health crisis. Therefore, hate speech must be suppressed. Any news, any science, any information that would be bad for our cohesion must be suppressed. Well, I mean, and in that same argument, you can you could talk about the doctors that say they've they've made a, a breakthrough in helping people get through COVID nineteen, and they're suppressing, and they're suppressing that, and that's 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 we the have, exact opposite of what you just said. So, I mean, we have the Yale MD PhD. What's his name? Harvey Risch. Yeah. Writing op eds saying, you know, we we have we have a way to help fight you know, this COVID pandemic. Yep. And I'm going to be careful about the words I choose on purpose because YouTube will ban me. Well, that word you don't want to say, that that isn't the case anyway. I don't know if I, I even want to say it, risk saying it because it's not. It's not what it is. It's just something that helps. It helps beat it. Look at this. Look, look how insane this is. I know. Well, I've, I've learned from you and I don't I don't want to risk your show. I mean, it, it's my show well, we as well, can, we you can, know, we but can, I don't want to risk we, it. We can say something very simple. Dr. Harvey Risch of Yale MD, PhD said hydroxychloroquine can help us through this pandemic. I'll yeah. leave it at that. Okay. That's, his, that's, that's what he said. It's a Newsweek op-ed. He's an epidemiologist. He's an epidemiologist. Yeah, he teaches. He, he teaches mm -hmm. that, okay. And we can't even say this for the betterment of society. It's amazing. Think about how many people died. Right now, I, I saw a story. I don't, I don't know if you have this, that Gretchen Whitmer. Yeah. She, what, what happened with that about so the nursing homes? She rejected a bill to make it unlawful to put patients with coronavirus into nursing homes which is what they did in new york city which is what andrew cuomo did and she just rejected it she said it was a yeah people a are dying hole. and there's a, a yale phd md saying like yo this might help us um I, that's all i'll say that's because that's what he said it could help us and we could get banned we could get banned for even saying that right now so the problem that that i see with the, the, what you're telling me about this line is that you have to hold each one of these things true to get to that point. So if that's the case, then they wouldn't be suppressing this stuff because they know it's not true. They, they're, you know, read, read before. It's like they're, they got to hold right. it in their heart to what they know is to be true. That bring the facts, you know, so it's clear and and who determines what's better for statements. society though? 
well, it's not about what's better. It's it's about the truth, bringing the truth to the table and showing that to the people because the people are the people who decide. If you had somehow definitive proof that, uh, you know, Joe Biden was, uh, you know, Kang from The Simpsons, an alien invader. Okay. And by revealing it, it would completely destabilize and result in chaos. But if you don't and he wins, then aliens take over. Like, you've got two potentially bad scenarios. You make a decision yourself about which one you think is the betterment of society, right? That's an extreme example. But, so a better uh, example. I would want the people to know the truth. A better example would would, would say like uh, collateral, uh, what's, mm, collateral murder. We'll, we'll use that one. A video released by WikiLeaks that shows the U.S. killing Reuters journalists. They editorialize the title, collateral murder, but it shows like, I, I guess it's been a long time. It's been like a decade, but it's like a, an Apache helicopter and they see people walking. So they just shoot them and, and they die. And there's a, a real decision about whether or not to release that information because it could destabilize, it caused massive protests, economic destruction, harm to people's business and lives. And so there are, there literally are journalists who are like, I can see this. We better not talk about it because the repercussions will be devastating to the American public and it won't better anything. But there are other people like Julian Assange who would say, no, the people have a right to know what their government is doing in their name. Both would think that their position is the right position. So it's difficult. It really is. It's it does comes out, come down to the subjective morality of the individual who wants to publish the information. And yet when we have news sources on the left side that people are now quitting because they can't even stand the, being in the, the, you know, working for these people. But then people on the right that are, are trying to push the, the truth out there, getting banned from everything, getting squashed, getting canceled. You know, so now it's it's only okay to just talk about this left stuff, which we're finding out people don't even want to do that anymore. They they realize that it's a cancer to society. So it's not for the benefit of anyone. You know, so they they've decided on their own without the the rest of the people discussing it. You know, they're just making these decisions on their own with all the power behind them. That's that's not okay with me. I would much rather let everyone know that Biden's an alien. <laughs> yeah, if you sure. knew he was if i had the proof someone oh yeah. yeah 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 i'd blast it everywhere i would i mean the, i i certainly have my limits but i lean towards complete transparency the challenge is when you recognize we're not the only the only country on this planet and yeah. one of the things i've learned from a lot of like these you know hard transparency activists is they act as though the u.s is the only country they really it's they, That's a good it's, point it's interesting when you see that like these far leftists their ideology only exists under the presumption of of these people that they're white supremacists. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, so, you know, they talk about whiteness and all of these things, but the perspective of the intersectional left is the perspective of a white supremacist. In America. Right. And the, exactly. They view this country as being the only country. And the same is true for a lot of the anti-war people. They, their, their narrative of America, the evil empire is operating under the, under the assumption that we're the only country on the planet. That's a good point. And so, it ignores all the atrocities of China. I mean, look at Greta Thunberg. Yeah. yeah. Her, her, her whole narrative about it, it's so America-centric. It's insane. Well, not just China. I mean, in Africa, I mean, there's slaves slaves being traded right now. Yep. In yeah. multiple countries, you know. And China, I mean, Nike straight up can't prove that they don't use slave labor to make their <laughs> shoes. Yeah. That, you know, I see the Nike on every NBA when they're standing up for Black Lives Matter. But then, of course, those same uniforms that they're wearing are probably made from slaves in China. It's like that that that's crazy to me. That yep. they're, they're, they're just blind to it. They're like, nope, we're so virtuous because, you know, we're wearing this shirt now. I had a friend who I, I think I've told this before. Well, you know, 
argue with me how they were fighting for the betterment of the world. And I said, no, you're fighting for the betterment of yourself. Yep, absolutely. And they were like, that's not true. I'm hoping to make the world a better place. And I was like, you're using using a, a laptop that was built in Foxconn laboratories. <sighs> right, exactly. Where people are, are basically crammed in tiny boxes, work 16-hour days, and are committing mass suicide because they're slaves. Yep. I was like, if you really care about the world, you wouldn't be giving your resources to that. And that, I think, was a hard wake-up call. And the response, the response was? What? But I'm more effective with this. <laughs> of course you are. Of course sure. you are. That, that, that's great that you use you're slave more, labor. You're too. more effective at furthering yourself with that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Thinking you're doing good. I remember seeing this like, documentary where a bunch of activists went to like the CEO of Shell Corporation. Okay. And they're like, we're yelling at his house. And he came out and sat down with him and talked to him. And they were like, your company's doing all these bad things. And he's like, yeah, I know. And they were like, well, stop it. He's like, I, that's what I'm doing. And they're like, you are? And he's like, yeah, yeah. I, he's, I'm putting all this stuff in place to try and make the company do better. And they're like, oh. So, but the problem is the machine keeps on turning because of the machine's requirements. Yes, exactly. It's, it's, it's not so easy to just think there's a magic bullet. It's like, it reminds me of Wonder Woman, how she thinks, if you just kill Ares, the yeah. war stops. Yeah, no. exactly. And Chris, Chris Pine or whatever his name is, is like, no, people go to war, man. People are bad. People are good. There's you always going to be bad people in the world, period. So this is what bothers me is that you have so many people that are just not smart and they think they are yep. and it's really, really bad. I'll tell you, there's a really simple thing, a really simple way to put it. I don't think I'm always right. I don't think I have all the answers and I, I'm pretty sure I get a bunch of things wrong and I'm pretty sure that you know I'm not seeing the picture for as complete. I'm not seeing the full view of what's happening in politics. Mm-hmm. I'm only seeing what I can see. But I'll tell you what, I can recognize when you, when you have someone like Greta Thunberg Come out and say, oh, actually, don't have the, the audio turned on for that anyway. Oh, no. When she comes out and, and complains about the U.S. Mm-hmm. and Western carbon emissions. How dare you? There you go. There you go. And ignores China. Yeah, exactly. Because it's a narrative. It's a media narrative. It has nothing to do with actually making the world a better place. It's and like, she's not smart enough. And I don't mean this to disrespect her. She's a, she's a kid. And she doesn't know how the world works. So she saw a commercial about a starving polar bear, probably, and then goes outside saying, this is bad. And everyone's like, oh, and they pat her on the head. They fly around the world because it fits their political agenda. And she, she has no idea what she's talking about. She doesn't even write her own speeches, though. That's the problem. She's, she's being pushed forward by all these you know, activists that are trying to push this narrative that the Western civilization is, is who's destroying the world. But it's like, no, we're actually on the forefront of, of showing like new environmental protections and curbing back we everything. Have, we have Tesla. I know. And we have amazing solar roofs, man. I mean, yeah. they're really expensive, but this is cool stuff. Yeah. And the fact that she doesn't talk about China at all is it discredits everything she says as far as I'm concerned, because they're the worst as far as polluting this planet. There's only one thing she says. How dare you? Because everything else is written by somebody else. That's true. She doesn't doesn't have any real opinions. It's like, imagine if you took a kid. It's it's almost like the, the, you know, the allegory of the cave. You know, you know, you know, this is no, this one? you know, you know what I'm talking about. Socrates cave. Yeah. You yeah. want to No, I won't break it down for you because I don't fully grasp it. Sorry. It's the general idea is that if people were sitting in a cave and there was a fire behind them and there were shadows and that's the and they were chained there. And the, that's the only thing they've ever seen that to them, that's what the world is. OK. But then outside the cave is this big, you know, other world and all these things they never experienced and even never even realized it existed. So the cave is America. That's all they know. It's all everything's here. Everyone here is, you know, supremacists. And it's like you have no idea the type of people that are not living here. If and the how idea, good it is here. If the idea doesn't exist, they can't talk about it. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's it be, people don't realize, man. 
It's it's mind numbing when I hear people rag on the American Revolution. It was literally just a bunch of white slave owners trying to protect their wealth. And it's like, you have no idea because you didn't read a book, dude. You didn't right. read anything. Yeah, okay. exactly. It's so, about so, beating the monarchy and, and letting the people rule instead of being told what to do. By divine providence. Yeah. It's, it's like the, the opposite of what they're trying to say. Yep. It was, it was people realizing that you don't, just to get, you, you don't just get to be in charge because you said you're in charge. Yeah. And that's what the American Revolution was. They were like, hey, wait a minute. Why is he king again? Yeah, exactly. Well, because God made him king. Uh, we yeah. don't have a king, and we're just fine. No, we're going to rule ourselves and, and elect our own rulers and, yep. and do this together. What was amazing that's about a, it— That's amazing. When, when you lived under these monarchies, that's the only thing you knew. But all of a sudden, these colonies were thousands of miles away, and they were like, we don't have a king here. Everything's working out just fine. Yep. We have to have—they had to have governors, and they had to have you know local politicians and you know police sheriffs, etc. And they decided, then why have the king in the first place? You know, mm-hmm. it, was a, it was an ideological revolution. These ideas that come so easy to us because we have, you know, we have history books and we collect data didn't exist several hundred years ago. Yep. It's amazing. You know, you, you really got to play the game. I think the game Civilization should be required schooling for kids. Really? Yeah, because you, when you start the game, communism, feudalism, capitalism, none of these things exist. Okay. That's literally what happened. It wasn't like, you know, some like a couple people crawled out of a cave and they were like capitalism and they started trading money the concept of money was just there was no no idea it existed in fact there's probably a whole bunch of civic ideas methodologies for running countries that we don't know about right now and we will develop in a hundred years they're going to be like the the gerbo department and they're going to be like oh go down to the gerbo department to pick up the 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 resources you need and they're going to be like man could you imagine before there was a gerbo department yeah and right now we're like, I don't even know what that is. I just made up a word. But there could literally be something that t- in the future is totally normal to them. I can't wait for the Gerbo department. I know. It's going to be fantastic. That's going to take care of all of your problems. Yeah. Every, every, every little thing, it's got a cure for it. Debt, anxiety, <laughs> mental illness, Just constipation. take this little pill. It's yep. red and it goes down smooth. You, you walk in and you press a button and a little arm comes out and drops the, you know, the little pill in your mouth, in, in your hand, and then you eat it. And then all of your troubles go away. Yep. Yep. So anyway, the point is, people don't realize that ideas and inventions are very, very similar. Basically the same thing. Yeah. It's like, it's one thing to realize, hey, we invented the light bulb at some point. Then we, inv- we invented the light emitting diode. And now we have crazy lights all over the place that can change colors and be voice activated. Yeah. And they also don't realize that capitalism, the concepts of it, was literally like formulated by someone thinking and, and, and being like, hmm, interesting. Here are some interesting ideas. And the same is true for communism. These things didn't exist at a certain point. Now they exist. These ideas exist. And now people have them and take them for granted. And because of this, they're not smart enough to recognize like the importance of the Revolutionary War. Anyway, the point is why I brought all this up. Imagine if you took a kid who only ever lived in a white room and the only problem they ever had was that if they ate too many of the grapes that were given to them, they would get sprayed with water. Okay. To them, they would be like arguing with other kids, being like, how can we change this system? It is so bad when we get sprayed by water for having too many grapes. I should have more grapes. Then you put them out into the real world. They go to the UN. We propose no more hosings for too many grapes. And people are going to be like clapping. And then re- like people who actually know what's going on are like, what are they talking? It's insane. Like, you can have as many grapes as you want in the real world. Right. You just got to go buy them. Go buy and some grapes or grow this, some grapes. This is the example of 
The, the reason grapes. I use something as absurd as like someone going to the UN saying, stop hosing me if I eat too many grapes is because it sounds insane. Yeah. This is what it's like with Greta Thunberg going to these, you know, this UN meeting or whatever and saying, how dare you? Yeah. When you're like, you have, n why are we listening to a child who has no idea other countries exist? And she's, it's not like she's an economist. She doesn't understand like, oh, that's my favorite the, part about the it. The major wheels of society and how, how many different facets of everything go into everything to give us everything that this we is, have this it's is crazy the, this is the danger of the far left just shut it all down tim just stop you know these factories and it's like okay you, you do you understand the implications of that uh, of just shutting down fossil fuels right now because we cannot but we could yeah oh but i'm sure millions of people die exactly yeah sure, <laughs> millions sure of people will die <laughs> yeah that's the that's the danger of the far left. Exactly that. Yep. That they're going around saying, "Why can't we just print more money?" And you're like, "Dude, you read a book. Like you're going to kill people." No, I'm not. You are. Oh, why? Why? You know what, man? It's really, really difficult. With all due respect to our great founding fathers, the one thing they couldn't predict was the scale of of human expansion. True. And and government. You know. You know. You know. Another thing. Another thing people don't realize. Before the era of instant communications. The majority of people's lives were spent doing day-to-day -day nothingness. Like Probably tending to gardens, honestly. Tending to gardens, farming, yeah. doing regular work. And it was like every other month they'd be like, whoa, I can't believe that just happened in England. Write a note. Three months later, the response would get there. Yeah. Which meant there were months of nothing going on. Whereas today with instant communication, we know right away when something happens. Yep. So our lives are the opposite of boring. They're, they're tense and anxiety-inducing, and all around nuts that we have this level of communication. You know, I think back to, you know, I was, I was reading about the Civil War, the Revolutionary War, and the gap in communication, and yeah. you, you would end up with, like, you know, a military operation, the Revolutionary War, where they're sitting around for, like, a week. And, and we're thinking of everything being action-packed. We can get from New York to D.C. in a couple hours. To them, it was, like, weeks or longer because everyone's got to eat they got to stop now yep. we put them all on a train boom you're there in a couple hours set up camp yeah break down camp and wait march. for instructions even yeah good point where were they getting their food from yep and i was reading about it and i'm like you know what outside of the conflict stuff it was simpler times it really was mm -hmm. and i can understand why people would would romanticize the past in that regard that you'd wake up one day and you'd be like i gotta go tend to the crop you'd go do your thing and then you'd sit back and you'd hear the you know the the crickets you'd see the lightning bugs and stuff smoke your pipe smoke your pipe and that was it and it was like that for a month and then finally you know your communication came in you're like oh so that's what's happening on the war front and you felt your response and then go back to doing your day-to-day -day thing it was really really simple with politics being few and far between but now that we have we've rapid you know rapid transit rapid communications it's it's like we are instant. truly becoming a hive mind you know for better or for worse and we're 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 learning how to be that because it's it's very rocky right now but you can see that we are we are all becoming so connected and it's it's going to be rocky for a little while longer until we truly understand you know the, what the implications of, of everyone else being so connected really you, does you know what intersectionalism is hmm. it's the borg I, I, it's a, an arm of of the borg what I, what I mean is, right now with rapid communications, we've seen a rapid polarization. Yeah, so you okay. have you know the left and the right. The far right's been totally purged, and even right wing is, is, is being decimated by censorship. So you have a centrist to moderate right faction, and then you have, I mean, let, let's be real. If you took 
a, a, a you know, to a year 2005 Christian conservative and had them tweet what they believed, they would be banned in two seconds. Yeah. Tweeting like they'd be opposed to gay marriage and stuff like this, let alone trans rights issues. Now you have whatever the right is being absolutely supportive and libertarian on a ton of these issues. True. So you have a far left and then you have basically liberty, libertarianism, liberalism, and, and, we're, and you know, conservatism kind of overlapping around a, a general concept of free expression, free thought. And I think over, overwhelmingly, the thing that unites this faction is liberty. You have liberty versus the cult. If the cult wins and everyone else gets banned, then that becomes the over, you know, the, it, it becomes the dominant culture. And that's what Fusion was predicting. Yes. Wrongly so, because I, I don't believe that's going to be the case. I don't think they were wrong because of where we're at today. But that they were saying everyone is going to be like this, and that is not going to happen. In like 10 more years. If Biden yeah. wins. Yep, yep, yep. And so that's, that's the big fight is because the way the communications technology is, is uniting the world culturally yeah. and the speed at which information and, uh, and travel technology you know, and, and you know, transport can get us places, we're homogenizing this planet very, very quickly. True. I went to the Bahamas. Okay. And you know what I saw once I got off that boat at NASA? Starbucks? Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> Starbucks, Gucci, Hard yeah, Rock that, Cafe. Yeah. And so I'm on this cruise and I'm like, man, it's going to be so exciting to go to this, you know, I've never been here before. I'm sure there's going to be like unique tourist places. It's like being in Times Square. And well, I was like, I've been to Nassau that you can, you can go to the South side of the Island and it, right, it's right, a little right. bit more, you know, I'm just saying like, rural. unsurprisingly, you go to like I go to it's it's funny I'm in Egypt right okay it's the revolution there's people in Tahrir Square they're all screaming ah yeah right and I, and I look over to my left and there's McDonald's the guy eating a cheeseburger mm-hmm. and I'm like I'm in Egypt I can just walk into a McDonald's and it's like that we're everywhere yep the culture is homogenizing what we need to make sure is that the culture that ends up you know the, the cultural ideas that persist and survive are ones of individual liberty because if we end up with this massive system of benveni or else religious doctrine and we have a fundamentalist global society, it will be a nightmare for everybody and it will fall apart. And more importantly, it will completely collapse on itself. Yep. Authoritarianism fails almost every single time. And they say like communism has failed every time it's been tried. It's like, yes, that's authoritarianism. Well, Tim, it's not real communism. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. When you see these people, like Greta Thunberg, saying, we need to shut down all fossil fuels, not by 2030 or 2025, but now. It's like, so you want millions to die. No, of course not. But they would if we did what you asked for. No. Yes. Has anyone actually said that to her? Of course not. Has anyone said to her, you realize China is pumping out like massive amounts of carbon emissions, way worse than the U.S. Yeah, to produce everything for everyone. Most most people in America agree with you. So we don't need you preaching to us. How about you go talk about China? Yeah. You won't? Oh, what's the point? It's political narrative. It's optics. It's it's, it's insane. Mm -hmm. Well, I'll tell you what, man. I got bad news for you. Here it is. Humanity likely faces rapid catastrophic collapse, study warns. But you know what? I'm not going to read this article. You know why? I don't want to read it either. We're not going to. Oh, because good. we've got something better to talk about. Ooh. Oh, thank hope. goodness. A new hope. Oh. Yeah. Elon Musk. Oh, yeah. What an, I, I got a crush on him. <laughs> oh, <laughs> okay. We, we, I, don't, I, don't, I, I love it. I, I, I love scientists. I love astronauts. I love space. And he, he is like 
living the American dream. He came here and is making major waves on the space front and it's amazing like we need that i'm so psyched to have him in this country doing what he's doing that donald trump you know brought the artemis program into effect you know we're going to go to the moon you know potentially in the next three years four years it's like we're going to go to the moon we're planning on going to mars like this is exciting this is such an exciting time for human life and there's a, it's, there's, it's awesome there's a reason why i started this segment with a story saying we're facing catastrophic disaster because there is a real reason that we need the Artemis project, why we need people like Elon Musk. Yep. And it's because if we are to survive, we need to look to the stars, we need to expand. And even outside of this idea of colonizing other planets or expanding, space technology and development, we, we, this technology we develop for space travel, we use here on Earth. Yep. Which brings me to this story. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I, I, I highlight this, this is like the, the silliest part of, of like what I want to talk about with this, what the SpaceX, the whole dragon capsule working and, and what it means for America. But go ahead. No, no, no. <laughs> go no. ahead. I, this is hilarious, though. A boat flying a Trump flag approached SpaceX's spaceship after the astronauts landed. NASA promised to do a better job next time. <laughs> I think they did a great job. I think it's great. I think it's hilarious. It's perfect. Listen. This guy with the flag who showed up, whether you like Trump or not, that's hope and that's optimism. Yeah, it is. That's a dude rolling up to this SpaceX thing, and he's excited. He's happy. You've got people who want to see this. They're cheering for SpaceX. They're having a good time, and that's the optimism I like to see. Yeah, definitely. It's, 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 I got to tell you, man, I have seen Trump flags and banners and stickers placed in the craziest <sighs> places. Oh, yeah. We talked about this. Where we are, there's like a weird lake under a highway it's like not something you go into it's gross and somebody like somehow got out into the middle of it and put a trump flag whoa whoa the bear collar the bear that collar the i don't know if, if you've seen this we don't have it pulled up but there's a uh, you know one of those tracking collars on a black bear <laughs> and someone somehow stuck a trump 2020 sticker on it and there's a five thousand dollar cash reward <laughs> Oh, like snap. the police are trying to figure out who put it on there. It's like somebody who cares. That's awesome. That was brave. <laughs> yeah, I, I think the thing would eat you. Creative. Somebody approached a black bear yes. to put a Trump 2020 sticker on the collar. I mean, I feel like they are they earned it. This is Seriously. not this Jeez. is not the important news. <laughs> uh, if you want to talk about SpaceX, I, yeah, I mean, we we went back to space at uh, under two million dollars per flight is insane compared to the 30 40 million dollars it costs that we were paying russia to send our astronauts into space so the fact that we can do it for a pittance compared to what we were spending now we can do it from american soil we can do it over and over again reusing the rockets and that's why it costs so cheap this is this is the the first step in a very new age of space travel and it's incredible so elon musk Props to you. You are you've done an amazing job of bringing uh, Bob and Doug back to the country, you know, to Earth, to terra firma, and it's it's an incredible time to see that this is this stage. Now he's working on uh, a spaceship that's one unit that will fly up and fly around and come back down to Earth. Wow. Yeah. I mean, he told you you to your tweet. You know, what's Starship. up? With the, yeah, 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 yeah. What's up with the Iron Man suit, Elon? And <laughs> no, I tweeted. <laughs> Go ahead. Hey, Elon Musk, why haven't you built an Iron Man suit yet? Yeah. And he said, working on Starship. Yeah. And then I said, that is an acceptable response. So he's doing it. He's, <laughs> they're, they're doing tests this week about uh, trying to figure out to actually make that happen. It's so, really so, exciting. So this ship can launch, yep. go into space, and land back. 
That's the plan. That seems insane to me. That's I, well, I know, but I, 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 but look, you, have you watched the the Falcon Nine yeah, land? Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. That was insane to me. That was CGI to me until I I saw it over and over and over again, and then I I was watching it live, and I'm like, I, I mean, this is the case. It's landing itself. Like we that, need the Dragon capsule flew itself, docked itself. It it was fully autonomous. We need a better form of propulsion levitation whatever like what, what's what's it's i think it's rad that we're doing this yeah but uh, i'm curious if elon musk is is doing research in other areas for, oh come on of course he is i know yeah, yeah. you've got to think of Maybe the two assumption. companies that he he's using spacex which is what we're talking about and then tesla which is an electric powered vehicle factory that he's he you know and then you think about the advancements of solar energy b- batteries you know, there's only a matter of time before they figure out some sort of new technology that gets us into space without any sort of propellant. I got it. Go ahead. A really big magnet. Or I was thinking a big slingshot. Yeah, a really <laughs> big slingshot. Or a little bit of both, actually. Have you seen the movie Moon? No. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's kind of That old. was Sam Rockwell? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome awesome movie. Yeah, good movie. But there's a magnetic slingshot, actually. And hmm. it, it's basically just a mag system that shoots you... Out into oh, above orbit, oh, so you, you break orbit. Yeah, like a rail gun. Exactly, a rail gun. So that's that. I think that's going to be kind of the future because if we set up like a a nice solid rail gun system, I mean, I think you need to get to like two hundred miles. So if we used magnets to propel us, and then with a little bit of a rocket assistance, you know, to get us the rest of the way. I don't know. Yeah. I, you know, I'm not a rocket scientist. I th- so. I, I'm just saying, I think it's like the, the, the size of a ship you need to carry all the fuel, yeah. especially for a landing, okay. a full vessel. That to me sounds crazy. Yeah. But listen, man, politics still play a huge role in this. That's true. If we, if we're being warned by the likes of say Greta Thunberg, that the earth, we have eight years left or 12 years left. I don't it know, keeps whatever. Changing. Yeah, it keeps years, changing. 10 years, 12 years. Now we have a new study saying the end is nigh. Take a look at all the accounts on Twitter ragging on Elon Musk. Where do they fall politically? Probably on the left. They definitely do. And I mean, I see this whole thing about how, well, Elon Musk praised China. And it's like, yeah, because th- like they are trying to push into space also. They're trying to, you know, push forward the, the sp- their kids. The number one thing that they answered on what Chinese children, not political, the children of China, that they haven't done anything wrong yet. They want to be scientists that when what, they grow up. Is that when was that from that study? Uh, I, I don't know. I read it. The, I read it a couple months ago. So the, the it wanna, could be older. But. They want to be astronauts. Oh, even better. I know. It's it's actually more to your point. Oh, okay. They great. want to go to space. Right. So that's I, and what do our what do our kids want to do? They want to be YouTubers. No, 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 no. Hold they want to be on. influencers. They want to make duck face on Instagram and TikTok. Uh, okay, <laughs> that's another. way I'm not of disagreeing it. with you. I'm right, right. So it's like when you think about what China. We got to remember that the CCP is is not China as a whole. Like we gotta we gotta let go of that because the CCP is terrible. They're they are doing terrible things. They're the problem. They are absolutely the the issue. You know, I still feel for a lot of the Chinese citizens that have no choice in this matter right now. Think about the epic history of like China before the rise of Mao and the Communist Party. Yeah, Amazing. yeah, they've been tainted by the evils of the CCP. Yep, that's a good Communism point. Communism is nasty, dude. Yes, it is nasty stuff, and that bums me out. It bums me out a lot. A lot of, lot of, lot of cool storied history. We, we you know, and it's and it's covered up now by. By communism. Yeah, I mean, I I want to I want to go visit China. I want to go visit Russia. I want to go visit 
everywhere. I want to go to Egypt. And I, and I think there's going to be amazing people everywhere I go because that's actually been the case. And I've traveled around the world. I've been to many, many places and there's awesome people everywhere. And there's not awesome people. Yeah, really bad most, people in, in some most places. places too, you know, including I, here. Look, I don't, if, if, you know, Elon Musk, apparently, what did he say? Like China is awesome or something? Yeah. Referencing their space programs or something like that? Yeah, probably because they're, you know, at, well, and, you know, nah, they, they look, have a billion people that are probably buying a lot of Teslas. And I think it's like that's the future of, of you know, tra travel on this planet. Also, I'm 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 a bit tepid. You know, I don't have really strong words of criticism, nor do I have strong words of praise for yeah. his. You know, I can criticize him for it, but I can understand yeah. that there absolutely are, are, you know, parts of China and, and things that the Chinese people do that are awesome that you yeah. can be happy with. But I'm not I'm not going to say I'm, I'm happy with Elon Musk saying that, especially as wealthy as he is. Well, I don't we, I don't know the details. I don't know exactly what he's referring to. He, I, I'm assuming because he sells Tesla's out there and that. You know, he probably makes a lot of money. Just like, well, why isn't, exactly. why isn't anyone coming down on the NBA right now? But they're going to... Well, we are. Well, sure, we are. <laughs> but they're going to praise the NBA when they're doing exactly... They're, it's political. It's political. I don't... Period. So, so the reason why I say I'm, I'm a bit tepid on it is if there's something about, like, the hard work of the, you know, the Chinese people working towards space advancement... That's a that's a fine thing, but I would lean negative if I knew if I knew knew the fuller details. So, I, I don't think we should be at a point where we're praising what China as, as a whole is doing because CCP runs everything they're doing. Well, would you I wasn't. Like I, the wasn't I was. I yeah, was not praising China at all. Yeah, no, neither am I. So this is the title of this is Elon Musk bombshell. Tech boss warns a complacent and entitled U.S. is losing to China. And that was the force of his message. He was talking about China being efficient and effective and the U.S. just being entitled. And there it is. Hmm. It's like someone's been selling out our country for the past 20 years it's to like, China. It's yeah. like the media took him out of context when, he, when, when what the idea he was trying to convey was they're doing a really good job in these areas and right. we're losing to them. Yep. So saying something like, dude, the U.S. sucks. When it comes to space, China's awesome. It gets yep. better. Oh, yeah. He goes, the tech. Uh, so somebody asked him a question. How about China as an electric vehicle strategy leader in the world? The tech mogul replied, China rocks, in my opinion. The energy in China is great. People there. There's like a lot of smart, hardworking people. So again, he is referring, of course, to the people, not the party. There it is. Yep. That's exactly what I was thinking. And of course, the people who are criticizing him are the ones who hate the fact that he's going to bring us to space. Yep. Dude, it really does feel... I'm sorry, man. I, I, I hate to go in this direction, but there's almost a good versus evil thing going on. That's exactly what it is. When you Absolutely. Have, when you have somebody Definitely. saying, I want to bring humanity to the stars, I want to help save us. When our top scientists say, we must make it to Mars or other planets for humans to survive, and Elon Musk is like, I'll do that. And then you have people that do everything in their power to just hate, 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 yep. and tear him down. I will criticize the guy. He has got dumb tweets, and he mm. costs a lot of people money when he tweets stupid things about Tesla stock, for yeah. sure. There's the stupid thing he said about the scuba diver. The guy is far from perfect, but I'm going to give him credit on the space flight stuff. True. What are you going to get? Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Nuance doesn't exist to so many of these people, and that's why it really does feel good versus evil. They no, wanna... no, no. You keep saying it feels. That is literally what it is. It's good versus evil right now. Well, they believe that they are doing the, the most virtuous work but in, in the most evilest way. Yeah. I mean, you, you saw that video of, of that. Uh, I, I don't know if he was who he was, if he was a Trump supporter or not, but the InfoWars girl was like, oh, let's man. go talk to the Trump supporters. You know, and they're like, so, so hey, hold on. Wait, go, wait, go so ahead, set it up. This is a viral video, and 
I, you know what? It could be that InfoWars is biased, but I, I, I believe this because I've seen it. There's a black man and she's like, let's go to the Trump supporters and tell them, you know, we're liberal, see what they say. And all the Trump supporters are hugging the guy and shaking his hand, like, thank you for coming here. We're really glad you're here. This is great. Yep. People saying, like, it doesn't matter, you know, black, white, we're all in this together. Yep. One lady, like, gives him a hug and a kiss on the cheek. And he's like, wow, if I get one more of those, I'm coming in with y'all. And they're yeah. laughing, having a good time. And yeah. then she's like, let's go over to the protest and tell them we're Trump supporters. Yeah. <laughs> and everybody knows what happened. <laughs> I don't need to. I don't even, if you haven't seen the video, I don't need to tell you. Well, and if you haven't, I mean, I'll just I'll go <laughs> ahead and say it. They start. They get swore at. They are. They're telling them to that they're white supremacists, like all these crazy things. And and the guy's th- face is just like the dude's shocked. just like, what just happened? Did that just happen? This is reality. Good versus evil. I've 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 been to enough of these events, man. I've seen it. I've seen. I was in San. I think it's San Jose. I think I was. I'm not sure. In California, this mob of angry leftists. They were Bernie supporters. Yeah. They shoved an elderly couple to the ground, ripped the Trump hat off their head, and set it on fire. And they're like, it's like an old, out of slightly overweight, out of shape elderly couple knocked to the ground. I'm like, what is happening? These people are nuts. Yep. And guess what happened? Because when I was at Fusion at the time. What happened when I said these were Bernie supporters? Oh, man, they started getting angry. How do you know that? And I was like, they were wearing Bernie shirts. Like, well, how do you know they weren't faking it? I was like, one guy was yelling Bernie. <laughs> one guy had a flag. Yeah, I was like, what do you want me to say, man? These weren't Hillary supporters running around doing this. It was Bernie Sanders supporters. Yep. And they were like, you're lying. Tim Pool's lying. Look at what they do to Andy No. Yeah. Andy No, he doesn't. They, they say he doxes people. He literally publishes the same information as all the news outlets. He just puts it on Twitter. Yeah. So they, they target him. They harass him. They try and, you know, come after him. So anyway, I'll, we'll keep it. I want to keep it back to the, the science stuff. The point, the reason I bring this up is we need, we need this. We desperately need this. We, yes, need, it, we, we need it. We need technological advancement to better the lives of the poor. They say we need universal health care. Fantastic. You know the best way we can, we, you know the best way to go about getting there? New medical technologies, mm-hmm. reducing the cost of treatments, reducing the cost. And you can't do these things completely with policy. Trump just did an executive order to reduce the cost because yes, there's exploitation. I hate it. Yep. EpiPens, they shouldn't cost that much money. Agreed. That's nuts. Yeah, it's insane. So Trump is like, I'm going to sign some stuff. You can do that. But guess what? You know what else you could do? New ways of producing treatments, new treatments, new technologies that will reduce the cost for everything and mass production. Well, it's not just that we even need to do all this with science. We have to create a way that it is exciting for children, you know, uh, make heroes out of astronauts and scientists and do- doctors and you know these these people that are gonna are the ones that are actually paving the way to a future that you know everyone who doesn't want to live with wealth you know with uh, wealth and you know living comfortably in your life you know so we have to under we have to understand the kids need to glorify you know going into space being excited about figuring out how to figure out new rocket propulsion you know ways that we're going to get there instead of them going i want to be an influencer i want to be famous i just want people to love me it's like that's not going to get us to it's not you know what i mean and then that's the key so not only do we need all these programs that are great like sure it's getting us there but if we don't have like the backing of the new generations that are excited about it that want that have a passion in it then it's not going to go anywhere this is this is this is the this is the, a fear I have is that we've been on a track towards like we, we've been on the back end of the bell curve for quite some time. America had its time. It's it's lasted longer than the average empire, whatever you want to call it. 
And now we have new generations of young people who aren't aspiring to be legends, to be heroes, to be astronauts, right. to be explorers and pioneers. They just want people to look at their face. Yep. I don't think it's the end. I think we've recognized this problem. And if we don't correct, we're like our planes going down, we can pull up and we can reach new heights with that dip. As we go down, we can go boom and shoot even higher. Like if you ever played Mario, you know, when you're flying with Mario, you got to go down and then up and you go even higher. Mm-hmm. That's what we're doing. So now that we recognize the problem, we need to inspire young people. And that's one thing that Elon Musk does for all his faults, by all means, criticize the guy launching that hot, you know, that hot rod red convertible Tesla <laughs> into space with the dude sitting in the driver's seat. That's, that's was, nothing compared to watching him launch two actual people into space. I disagree. Okay. I understand what you're saying, though. To an adult... You look at that and you're like, wow, man, that's amazing. Okay. And, the, and the cool technology. But the, you, when, when you look at kids who don't understand because they're born with it, yeah, they, they, they see this cool convertible okay. and it looks like a rock star. I see what you're saying, yeah. So that, I think, look, you know, so, so Tesla, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Elon needed some kind of payload to prove they could launch into space. He yeah. chose the Tesla mm-hmm. and that created this pop star- culture moment. Starman. Yep. It created a historical moment, a pop culture moment. It caught the attention of people. Yep. There's a lot of people who don't care that he launched these dudes into space at a ridiculously low cost with new tech and, and reused the rockets even and brought them back. Yep. So Flat to, screen controls. Yeah, it's cool stuff. It's just big, three big screens. It's like, if you look at it, it's like, I'm looking into the future. Yeah. That's the future. Wait, no, no. That's now. But check it out. Kids, so, you know, kids who are born today have not lived without a touchscreen phone. You're right. You know, if you, if you if you were born after 2007, they've always had touch. They've always existed. That's a good point. I remember the phone would ring, and me, my brother, my sister would run to try and answer it first. Yeah, it was a phone mounted on the wall with the cord, with the cord and everything, the and we tangled and exactly. Oh yeah, it's like oh, back in my day, we only had one phone on the wall, and guess what? I'd call my friend's house, and I'd be like, "Is Jason home?" And his mom would be like, "No, I don't know where he is." And I go, "Guess I'm not hanging out with Jason today." <laughs> yep. Maybe but, I'll run into him at the park. Yeah, if I get lucky, and you go around looking for where your friends might be, and then you finally find out. Like yeah. it's like you, you went on a quest every day. Yeah, that's true. It's another thing that kids are losing too, because I would it, it was almost like Carmen San Diego. It's like I go to one house. Mm-hmm. The last time I saw him, he was at this house. I go there. <laughs> Actually, they went to you know Seven Eleven. You finally find them. You're like, I did it. Solved the mystery of where my friends are. Anyway, the point is, I think a lot of kids are born and they see the touchscreen rocket, you know, screens and everything, and they're like, I have one of those. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then they see a convertible. And they're like, whoa. Space convertible. Yeah, yeah. It's like a weird, unique thing. Yeah. And it looks cool. Well, and, and the fact that, you know, you, you, your prize at the end of that quest was hang, hanging out with your actual friends in real right. life. Whereas nowadays, you just FaceTime somebody. Hey, cool. All right. All right. I'll talk to you later. I got to do this YouTube video thing. I can't believe that we haven't regulated social media yet. I can't believe it either. It's, it's, it's coming. Listen, I think it's coming soon. The first thing I would actually recommend doing is Section 230 reform. Absolutely. Immediately followed by a regulation that removes the counters from social media websites. Like likes? Likes, shares, followers, friends, etc. That counter is the manipulation. That's a good point. It is. Yeah. And Twitter knows it. This is what, and I'll, I'll just call this my opinions and assumptions based on conversations and data to avoid legal issues. With certain people that actually may or may not run twitter can i say that well not in the, not in this context okay never mind i've, I've talked to some, I said i've talked to some people who have insider knowledge and the general consensus is twitter knows that 
what drives engagement, what makes people use the platform and makes them worth money is that count. How yeah. many retweets did I get? How many likes? How many followers? How many followers do I have? It's a, it's a number. It's a game to people. It's almost like it's people earning points. And so they've gamified hate. Twitter is a is a rage system where people hate each other and they and they and it generates as much rage as possible. And the more rage you generate, the more points you get. And it satisfies people in their minds. They're addicted to it. Yeah. Get rid of those numbers. All this goes away. No one will know how many responses they're getting. There'll be no ratioing. They'll get rid of all of it. But they won't do it because it's the only reason people like their platform. That's a good point. Yep. So though we're in trouble in that regard, but maybe we'll see how this election plays out. Yeah. I hope it plays out well. Trump 2020. You know, man, if I end up living in a van, Mill Woods or something down by the river, hunting rabbit and deer and cooking up and farming, I'm not going to be miserable. I'm going to enjoy it. It's like, it reminds me, like, it's like Thanos, you know, when he finally snaps away half the universe and he yeah. gets to go farm and just pick weird little fruits. There you go, man. That, that can be you. Well, how about we read, we read some of these super chats? Sounds good. Matthew Hammond says, why did Tim's mother not make an appearance in the two plus two equals five video from today? Well, because she makes her own math videos. She could have said everyone yeah. straight. What the heck? So you've seen the two plus two equals five thing? There's... It's it's insane. It's literally out of 1984. Yep. Yeah. The woke people on Twitter are literally arguing. But of course, two plus two can equal five. You simply need to redefine. Okay, stop you right there. Redefine. Shut up. <laughs> yes. Thank you. <laughs> Jeremy says, you're not to be so blind with patriotism that you can't face reality. Wrong is wrong. No matter who does it, uh, who, who does or says it, Malcolm X. I agree. Call out people who need to be called out no matter whose side they're on. Georgie says, hello, guys, a question for each one of you. Tim, what are what are the chances to vote Trump? Uh, I would say for me, very high, it, you know, pending some weird change, very high. But it could be a third party. It's definitely not going to be Democrats at this point. Skateboard Jesus, when was the moment you decided to vote for Trump? When was it? Uh, well, I think it was two months ago, I, three months like ago. End of April, I think, maybe, right? Yeah, end, end of April, maybe. Yeah, just... Uh, I started the show in end of January. Uh, was it end of January? End of January. Started? It was like January 27th, I think. So uh, sitting here with Tim, you know, w- unless you know what you're talking about, it's very difficult to be a part of the conversation. So I just do- dove into the political realm because this, the show wasn't supposed to be political, but it very quickly just turned into current events, which happens to be, you know, it was COVID and politics. And basically, I just started doing all this research and finding out about the president's policies what he was doing what like what they were saying he was doing and you know the whole stop making me defend trump thing it, it became more of i just was figuring out who he was and what he was actually doing and then the more i dug the more policies i found and i was like wow i actually really like the things that he's doing for this country like i think he's actually doing a lot of really good things and then it just kind of snowballed into you know because we we talk about everything that's going on and the Democrats are crazy, and I yep. I think Trump is uh, is great, and I think he's doing a, a really good job. And I just, yep, it was, uh, I guess, the end of April when I really kind of clicked. I was like, you know what? I'm voting for him. I, I'm going to make a declaration that I'm voting for him. You know, the important thing, too, is I think it's missed is that I think Democrats have completely lost their minds. Yeah, definitely. I think the Republicans are as bad as they've always been. There's a small handful of people um in the Republican Party that I think do an okay job. There's like, I think Tulsi Gabbard, she's on her way out. Most of these are the people who agree with Trump on pulling out of Afghanistan, to be honest. Yeah. But Trump isn't a Republican. 
He's, he's not a Republican or a Democrat. Yeah, so, exactly. so, so the issue is right now the Republicans are shutting up and getting behind Trump to a certain degree. And so that doesn't really raise any red flags with me on uh, for the most part. It certainly does in certain instances like blocking, you know, Trump, you know, with withdrawals. And there have been other issues like expanding FISA surveillance stuff, stuff that I've, I've complained about in the past. I'll complain about right now that Republicans have done. For the most part, they aren't doing anything. But Democrats are just off the rails, unhinged. And the Democratic establishment has been taking in the never Trump or Republican refugees. So it's like the Democrats have become the haven for the establishment political base, desperate to regain their power. Yeah. All right. Let's see. And desperate for, is a and good for word. Background, absolutely. Background lady. What do you think about politics overall? That's you. Me? Yeah. I am, in fact, background lady. Um, I'm pretty conservative. I'm more conservative than either Tim or Adam. I'm pretty pro-life, and I really like philosophy. I want to know what's underneath all of it. So that's literally what I'm looking at when I look at politics. Who are you, are you going to say who you're going to vote for? Uh, I'm probably not going to say who I'm going to vote for just yet, but I don't think I have an option at this you'll get, point. You'll get fired. She's voting, she's voting. That's right. You'll, I, you'll my get, boss will fire me. <laughs> if he finds out. Yeah, your, your co-workers will complain about your, your, your politics. Yeah, I know. It's true. Because she's voting for Biden. <laughs> you I'm guys kidding. are both voting <laughs> Trump. Get out of here. What if I vote for Biden? You're okay. I am I disowned? Am no. I gonna am I gonna get fired? No, we'd have a conversation you know. about it. You're like, yeah, well, I would I would probably lose a little lecture. bit of respect for you. Uh, man. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not voting for Biden. No way. <laughs> yeah, man, Trump Trump uh he's not a Republican. He's just something else entirely. Yeah, I like that's that. that's so why I. they don't like but, him. But 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 even Trump supporters have been saying this. That's why they, they use the lion instead of, you know, what what is a Republican? The, the elephant? elephant. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's the lion. The MAGA party. It's different. Yeah. Trump Trump was the populist usurper. He 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 stormed into the Republican Party. Yeah, they didn't and, like him. And a bunch retired. Mm-hmm. A bunch of re- Republicans retired. Like, I don't want to be involved in whatever Trump is doing. And they try to make it seem like they're, re- they're, they're doing it because Trump is all evil and everything. Oh, shut up. They're doing it because they're like, the jig is up. Yeah, Trump is, is Trump is calling them all out for being having way too much power. And the, the people don't control the government anymore because the people got complacent and stopped caring about politics and yep. that's that's a big issue tribal wedge issues dominated and yep. that's what got people power yep and now you have trump who's confusing a lot of people he tweeted you see this donald trump says income disparity is a problem we got to solve yeah what's up yeah what are they gonna say now <laughs> i'm like i'm like actually wait, wait, hold we on. like the this. rich famous people well, they like, suddenly like war. really wait what am i yeah, what are we arguing like yeah. what are we arguing about they like the in afghanistan now i yeah I, he tweeted the Business Insider um, about vid- Bezos. video about Bezos making, oh, not only Bezos, like the the like four or five people that made a c- crazy amount of money over COVID and all the, the middle the class to lower class, everyone else just got shafted. Yep. And he's like, this is an issue. They, they shouldn't be making this much money. They're not even paying taxes. You know, Amazon paid 1.2% taxes on uh, th- so that's on profits when it comes to like employment tax and stuff sure sure but on on profits across their their but company that, but that could just mean that they didn't really generate all that much there's tax incentives <laughs> he, made, he made like 15 billion dollars in, in four months was that profit i, I, I don't they, okay look, sure look, I, i'm not there's, i don't know all the details sure when, but. When, it, when it comes to the narrative about amazon and taxes oh a lot goodness. of people there's no legal way amazon just goes we're not gonna pay no, there's a bunch of reasons why from tax incentives, tax programs, rebates, and they typically exclude the property taxes, sales taxes, you know, employment taxes and who's, that they do pay. Who's been setting up all these uh, 
these systems over the past uh, who, whoever knows the establishment, that long? Yeah. bro. Exactly. It's, it was Thanks. both Democrats and Republicans. You're right. They, they were, both they were, sides. They were playing a game of hot potato back and forth. Yep. Oh, yeah. no, it's their fault. Oh, no, it's their fault. Everyone just, just pretend that we're all against each other when they are this all is, this, this, together. This, Come this, on. this is what bothers me. It's like the progressives should just be like, Democrats, reap what you sow. Here's Trump for another four years. Because then they'll have an opportunity for a new populist if the Democrats get crushed. Yeah, maybe. But if the Democrat establishment wins, the populist left will never get another chance. Their only opportunity is that the populists dominate. And right now, the right populists are holding the reins. I don't, I, not Biden, man. Sorry. I'm a the never, Obama, never Biden. Yeah, yeah, never Biden. Seriously. They, that, that's why I begged. And that's why I donated to these other Democratic candidates. Because I was like, give me a non-establishment alternative. They could not do it because they're stupid and insane. But more importantly, the people that I liked, they couldn't control. Some yep. of them I think they can. However, Bernie Sanders, you know, ended up selling out, in my opinion. Maximum Weeb says, finished Hamilton on Disney+. Plus. Hate the company deeply, but one of the greatest pieces of entertainment about American history ever made, bar none. Extremely well worth a watch. Funny, witty, sad, badass, all of it. A two-hour and 40-minute glorious epic rap battle of history. That's cool. I like it. All right, let's see what else do we got here in the old super chat. Philip McCrary says, I think this mafia contract will have an opposite effect, especially if it expands to other cities. I would think business owners would not want to hire any black person in order to resist being bullied. Backfire? I don't think so. I think the Cuban immigrant is straight up saying that he, he's not going to fall for these mafia tactics and they can't pretend to be anti-racist to make him do it. Let's see. Sullivan says, Hey, Tim, how often do you check your P.O. box? I sent Adam some beanies. Can you have him go check it? We check it almost, what, every day? Almost every day. Almost every day. Yeah, we have big boxes of stuff. Oh, we got to open some boxes. Oh, we yeah. Have some boxes. Maybe they're in there. Yeah, once we, once we get to the new facility, we're actually going to do a mail show on the vlog channel. All right. Where I think, what I, I don't think we got, I think if we did it, once a week, we'd have too much. Yeah, I like, agree. We'd send a ton of stuff. If you guys want to send us stuff, go to TimCast.com slash donate. There's a P.O. box at the bottom. Make sure you address it to TimCast IRL or any of us individually, depending on who you want to uh, send it to. Yeah, post office already hates us. Yep. Samuel Braley says, don't let Chicago fool you. Just an hour south, there's there small farm towns filled with people who just want to be left alone. There is a huge silent majority. I hear it every day. Keep up the courageous work. Beers on me. Cheers. I would not be surprised if a bunch of parts of Chicago turned red hmm. in November. Yep. Because there are areas of Chicago that are conservative middle class, my, like city proper. Almost I mean. all of my, I'm, well, I don't know if you know, what me and Tim are both from Chicago. <laughs> well, uh, uh, most of my family that are in Chicago, they, they are all Republicans. So, you know, and that, that's a lot. I have a fairly large family in chicago hi everybody that's my family <laughs> hi, <ma'am. laughs> family what all right up? let's see spork witch says little red pill that makes all the problems go away so you mean aldous huxley's soma the rate we are going i wouldn't be surprised if they start proposing intentional fetal alcohol exposure to keep the deltas happy with the menial work ordained what what what's that uh, short story we were talking about before uh harrison bergeron yeah the great equalization the great equalization have you read that Hmm? The Great Equalization. Did you read Sorry, it? Sorry, I was distracted by the yeah, dead, it's called... dead UFO. Oh, somebody that? somebody sent it to me, and it's basically like smart people have things in their ears that scream random noises to disrupt their ability to think. That sounds To terrible. make sure they're equal, you know? And like strong people have to carry weights around, and men have to carry weights so that they're, you know, strained and not as strong, not stronger than women and stuff. Yeah, Kurt Vonnegut. Yep. Oh, that's so much better. 
Excellent. John Doe says, I disagree. I think capitalism is the basic unregulated natural state of the economy, as natural as an old growth forest and just as wild. Every regulation is an axe, but not all axes are bad. Vines can choke a fruit tree. Well, I, I disagree because I think understanding the concept of a trade medium was a revolution, an ideological revolution. People would be like, hello, good sir. I require a loaf, you know, a, 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 bunch, a sheath of wheat. And you'd be like, but I require parchment. Sorry, sir, I have no parchment. I'll go find some. And it would make everything harder. Once they had realized, wait a minute, what about some kind of intermediary? I'll give you this. Go, you go find somebody. They'll take it too. Now you had an, inter, uh, an intermediary trade medium that allowed people to rapidly advance how fast they were trading. So it was a development. Money didn't always exist. Not only that, but the general idea of capitalism is like interest rates and investment and stuff. So the, all of these ideas were, were, were written and expanded upon. But the general idea of free trade, I, I believe, is, is true. Let's see. Jacob Wyren says, if you traveled back in time and told a Roman slave owner about capitalism, he would laugh, point to his slave and say, that's a really funny. It's really funny that you think that they can cooperate freely when they clearly can't. We've made a huge progress since then. Yeah, it's ideological revolution. Yep. Ario says, I'm a fairly smart guy, but I used to think I was a lot smarter. A few years ago, I came to realize that I was just coasting and couldn't consider myself as smart as I used to. You guys and Joe Rogan help broaden my thoughts. Hey, appreciate it. Very well, cool. Thanks for putting us on that, What's, that platform. Yeah, my man. goodness. Yeah, Joe's a clever dude. He likes to say he's a dumb guy, but he's not. He's in depth, <laughs> does definitely he say not. he's a dumb guy? He does. Really? Yeah. yeah, he's like, I'm just some dumb comedian. You know, no, no, that's not true. I mean, it's, 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 he's humble. You yeah. know, he's yeah. pointing out that he's just a comedian entertainer. But you, you, you watch his show and you'll be like, he knows a ton of things. He clearly reads a lot. Yeah. Dude's, dude's clever. Dale Wilson says, you three rule. I truly love your shows. Adam, Hulk, smash that button. Tim, work on destroying the narrative. It is the destruction of the worldwide freedom. Think about that. Lydia, you keep these hormones in place with reason and research. USA. Thanks, man. <laughs> Excellent. Commander 232 says, the journalist creed reminds me a lot of the soldier's creed. I swore in the army. Tim and Adam have, uh, have Lydia look up the U.S. Army soldier's creed and read it out loud. It really raises your spirit, and I feel you guys will appreciate it. I, I'm I'm vaguely familiar with this, actually. I want to know about it. Yeah. You want to pull it up? Yeah. You want to read it? I got it right now. I think this is it. It says, I'm an American soldier. I'm a warrior and a member of a team. I serve the people of the United States and live the army values. So this is specifically for the army. I don't know if this is what he's referring to. It says, I will always place submission first. I will never accept defeat. I will never quit. I will never leave a fallen comrade. I am disciplined physically and mentally tough. Uh, trained and proficient in my warrior tasks and drills. I always maintain my arms, equipment, and myself. I'm an expert and I am a professional. I stand ready to deploy, engage, and destroy the enemies of the United States of America in close combat. I'm a guardian of freedom and the American way of life. I am an American soldier. Cool. I like that a lot. That's Sweet. really simple, straightforward. Yeah. Very, very good. Let's see. Padraic says, thank you, Tim. Your integrity is fantastic. In Australia, our corruption is largely center-right. I wish we had more honest reporters like you. Anyway, wanted to mention Kodak Camera Company was given $750 million loan to make 25% of American uh, generic pharma ingredients. And instantly their stock jumped from like $17 to, to I think $60. That morning it was crazy. Because they were like, I, you know what, man? I dig it. I do too. American, I love it. American company being given resources to revitalize manufacturing, notably medicines. I got to say, though, um, once again, this certainly does play into the idea that we're getting better prepared for war. Hmm. President Trump knows what he's doing. Yeah. He's making moves. Yeah. 
Erstax says aerospike space engines. Mm. Cool. Andrew B says, keep up the great work. Can you give us some more direction as to who we should also support? Groups to join, people to donate to, need to turn this country around, tired of being bullied into silence. Well, if you follow me on Twitter at Adam Krigler, I... Oh, okay, Sorry, I moved yeah, There you um, go. I, I have been researching many different uh, politicians that are running. Um, it turns out a lot of them are Republicans that I, I that end up finding, and they're really good. I, I always tend to uh, retweet them and, and look at their policies you know, on their website, and I try to post those up. So if you want to follow me, you can... Uh, follow my journey into understanding the political world more the most important thing anyone can do is if you don't know of a group start one if you if there's no petition for you to sign make one i had a friend tell me that you know how come none of these conservatives who are concerned about this have done anything where are the petitions where are the protests and i'm like they're blue lives matter protests yeah yeah yeah, but not they don't protest nearly as much as the left we i was talking about uh i think we were talking about this there was a venue that we were going to do a show at when I was I was putting on an event with the guys from Mythicist Milwaukee. And one of the venues promised us, assured us, everything would be fine. We're not concerned about politics. Protesters, we don't care about. We can easily handle security. What they didn't expect is that within a few days, once the staff members found out, they all threatened to quit. And so the venue was like, okay, show's over. Sorry, guys. Bye-bye. Our staff was going to quit. We can't do anything about it. And I'm thinking to myself, how many conservatives and moderates and, and even disaffected liberals would, would say the same thing? I'm sorry. It's, it's relatively few. Now, there's an advantage these people have. No families. They're young. No kids. And they're reckless and ideal, you know, uh, reckless ideologues. People with families can't just do that. But that gives the left a major advantage. And, you know, they're making gains because of it. ReaperBot says, centripetal force power supply and or engine. Something like a turbine generator using magnets that generate continuous clean energy could make them in many different scaled options. Interesting. Yeah, like a magnetic generator or something. Yeah. Jim, the pro, says ion engines are the future. So far, they are initially slow, but their speed cap is close to light speed. This is, this is where they have like the plate and they fire ions in it and then it, you know, incrementally pushes it forward, I guess. It's the M drive. Is that what it is? Like violates. I don't know that's the same. I don't know what the ion engine is. I think that's what it is. That sounds yeah. like the M drive that you're talking about. Yeah. And it's like. I don't think that's the same thing. It's violating the, what, second law of thermodynamics, I guess? A closed system and the energy is still pushing it forward. Perilous Pancake says Greetings from the Chinese Special Economic Zone of Victoria, Australia. Oh, I, oh. I didn't realize. Keep up, uh, keep those little green dudes dizzy. Spin the UFO. Our first spin. Well. Super chat spin. I huh. couldn't help myself earlier. 1991 Shadowheart says, you missed my last super chat. Good day, Tim and co. My mates and I are planning on making our own podcast, news, politics, jokes, etc. We'd love to have guests on it. Who would y'all be interested? Cheers for the hard work. Have a cold one on me. Much love, guys. Thank you. I don't know. I would love to I go on barely... your show. Thank you. Well, yeah. For thinking of me. I'm sure they'd love to have you. <laughs> That'd be fun. <laughs> They're going to be like, yes, absolutely, Adam. I, I guess if I had to make a recommendation, maybe Adam Krigler. Yeah. You know, I, th- I hear he's a good uh, co-host. Yeah. yeah. I think he'd, I think he'd be a great guest. <laughs> the best. Let's see. Gregory says, Lydia, thanks for the call out on Twitter for Isaac. He's a great dude. Oh, yeah. Mount Liberty Bell says here in Washington state, we have a group called Restore Washington. They say soon one in every 100 people in the state will be a member. We are rising up. Ooh. Interesting. Very Sounds cool. good. But what do you do? Do you like kick seattle out yes 
All you the, show up and vote for the right people. That's who, what you do. What, what's what's this thing people have talked about where they're like separate the the blue the blue district uh, archipelago into its own like autonomous governments and then give the red areas to prevent civil war or something. I don't know. New New Idaho. Decentralizing big cities is going to help. The fact that people are fleeing cities for a variety of reasons will help, you know, people start meeting each other and talking to each other. And hopefully it will start doing away with some of these more fringe ideas. It could make things worse, however. I think I'd, so, too. I'd imagine the people leaving cities are more are, are more likely to lean conservative. Well, and, and you think about how we, well, we talked about the war room that they had, the never Trumpers, and how they were all, only lost to the Electoral College. And if, if all these cities that are blue are pushing all the conservatives out that would normally vote red, you know, the blue cities stay blue then. That's a good point. You know, they and stay then it blue. makes the swing districts turn red. That's a good point. Yep. So they're kind of shooting themselves in the foot. I guess this is the important factor. A lot of people have said, Tim, if these people leave cities and they're likely to be liberal, they'll bring liberal values. There's a, a, a political cartoon someone made about Joe Rogan, mm-hmm. and he's, he's carrying a bag leaving oh, yeah, that. California that's, like, blowing up, and he's going to Texas, and they're like, hey, leave that where, where, you, where you got it from, and he's carrying, like, liberal values with him. Oh, no, it was, like, a gas can yeah, yeah, that says like, liberal values or some, something yeah. on there. So, but I think that misses the point. Who's the first to leave a city? Uh, New York, like, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's district is 20% Republican. That's just nowhere near enough to actually win. Good point. Who's going to leave first? The Republicans. Right. The people who want weapons to defend themselves are tired of this, have individual responsibility as like a core, you know, part of their uh, personality. They're going to leave. Then they're going to go to the suburbs, which are swing districts. They're going to vote Republican. I don't think, you know, AOC's constituents that are Democrat are complaining about the city right now. The rioters were on their side. So they're probably like, yay, go, go for it. Woohoo, Black Lives Matter. The conservatives are going, this is nuts. I can't take this. They're allowing this? I'm out. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. I think that's, there's, there's a lot of factors that people are missing. It's hard to know. It's hard, you, you, you can't predict everything, man. But I'll tell you what you can predict. I can predict that everybody will smash the like button. Oh, good prediction. That's a, I'm making a prediction <laughs> that we will break 20,000 likes. Yes. In the next uh, couple of minutes because. If it, wasn't, if it was 30,000, this would be red right oh, now. Oh, man. You guys know it. I mean, that's kind of the thing. I'll swap if, if beanies. Thirty thousand likes. You put the maga beanie on. That's it. I mean, people have been talking about it in chat since we. Oh, really? Went live. I mean, that's not, great. Just not enough likes. Now we're consistently getting more likes. Just not enough likes. Well, well, ladies and gentlemen, make sure you you uh, you can also subscribe to the channel. Not just the like button, but yes, the like button. Subscribe. Hit that little notification bell so you know when we go live Monday through Friday at eight p.m. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Parlor at Timcast. You can follow at Adam Krigler in the same places. And of course, you can follow at Sour Patch Lids, L-Y-D-S. Don't forget to share. On Twitter and Parlor. Sharing is caring. And we love when you share our videos. It really does help spread the word of Timcast IRL. Helps our channel grow. I'll I'll, I'll put it this way. Most of you probably know this, but if everybody who tuned in shared the link right when it started, we'd be bigger than CNN and like few months that sounds months. that sounds really good let's go with that but but the, the point i'm making uh-huh. is the exponential uh-huh. growth right this is the point i'm making if everybody always excuse did. me yes sorry oh. i just wanted to you cut <laughs> me off and i wasn't done telling how excited i was to be bigger than cnn right right <laughs> yes. right but, but i want to i want to i want to make sure i have this clear before we, we move on because i want people to misunderstand if we have forty thousand people and they all share it and each of those forty thousand brings in one more person we go to 80 and then if 
80,000 people share, we're at 160, mm-hmm. and it keeps growing. Non linear. Yes. I, I shouldn't even Do say it. a month. I should say Do it. theoretically, <laughs> if everyone shared and brought in only one person, yeah. it, in, in a week, we'd be bigger than CNN and MSNBC and Fox News. Yep. So, hey, not everybody likes watching us, though. So, there you go. So, maybe for every one person they bring in, two people leave because, you know, I don't know, whatever. Punish your friends. But no, I think. I think That's okay. That's I think okay. uh, I can say I'm eternally grateful to all of you, uh, everybody who's watched, because this, you know, the show's been doing really, really well. We've been growing and expanding, and it's awesome. And I'm and I'm glad we've been able to. It's been it's been absolutely fantastic. So fun having a lot of fun. You know, complaining about stuff on the internet. Yes. And being hopeful, space travel, and all that good stuff periodically. Hopefully, once the election ends, we wake up November fourth, <gasps> and it's like COVID. What, what what's that song? It's like oh, it's called Morning from the Morning Suite. Yeah. Yeah. Tchaikovsky. Yes, there you go. That yeah. song will play. You'll wake up on November 4th <laughs> and you'll see the window and a beam of light and there's blue jays and cardinals and they're singing oh. and you turn on the TV and they're not talking about Trump anymore and it's all over. <laughs> oh my goodness. The election has ended. There's sports. You look outside, there's a, there's a milkman for some reason and you're like, I, nobody, who gets milk delivered? Unless you live in Chicago and they have the overwise guys. <laughs> but no, no, you'll wake up and everything's good, back to normal and then we'll be talking about Sonic the Hedgehog again or something. Yes. Oh, that sounds movies. fun. Yeah, movies. Maybe the second one will come out. Maybe we'll end up talking about sports. Who knows? But until then, we will be back every Monday through Friday at 8 p.m. live on this channel. So make sure you subscribe. Smash the like button. Follow us uh, on all the platforms. Thank you so much for hanging out, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow, and we will see you all then. Smash it. Bye, guys.